Well, hello, and welcome to the Horror Screams podcast. We are, of course, part of the Horror Screams Video Vault Network, and this is episode 34, which means we're almost three years old, which is kind of astonishing in terms of number of episodes. So I think we started it like maybe September 2019-ish. Uh, can't remember. Anyway, it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, today we have a final destination special. That's right. We're going to be talking about the Deathorama that is the Final Destination series, which unintentionally, because I don't think we knew this when we planned originally, but uh, there is a sixth one a coming. So that's cool. It's exciting it's, stuff. It is, because it's been a long time. And, it has uh, been a very long time. And it makes sense, because they're bringing everything back. You know, Scream's back. They're doing another Scream film, having brought it back this year. And Saw is coming back, and, you know... Everything comes back in the air. There's a Friday the 13th TV series, Crystal Lake, that's being talked about and coming. So, Ooh. you know, what's old is it's new okay. and all that. Um, I'm Stephen, of course, and I'm joined today, as ever, by our venerable co-host, Sarah. How's it going, Sarah? It's going good, thanks. How's things with you? Yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah, it's winter. Winter is here. Mm, winter is bit wet. come. Yes. yes, winter's come. Drab and Dreary. Yes, Drab and that would be my band name. If I formed a band, here come, straight in at number 78, Drab and Dreary with, oh my God, things are so bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which one yeah. would you be? I'd be Dreary. <laughs> drab. Who wants to be Drab? Dreary at least has got something going on. Corner of Dreary, relatively speaking, he's quite hot, <laughs> but that's only by comparison to Drab. Next to Drab. Drab's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's too much swearing too soon. Uh, <laughs> yes, things are, this may contain strong language. Things. Do you know, one thing I miss about life is, <laughs> back. this is a British thing, sorry, non-British people, but back in the days of video, you remember video? No? Yes. No? Is this thing on? <laughs> video, yes, of course, we're both of an age. We're both uh, very old. We're both, we're both so old. <laughs> Our birth certificates were carved in stone. Can you believe that? Um... Yes. Anyway, uh, video days in Britain, at least, uh, if you rented a video late 80s, I guess, ish, 90s, maybe uh, on the start of a lot of them to explain the certificate of the film, you'd get Simon Bates, who's a radio DJ in the UK yes. doing his presentation. And he'd basically be like, and this film has been rated 18. That means it's unsuitable for people under the age of, you guessed it, 18. It may contain bad language, including sexual swear words. It may also contain scenes of strong violence and sex, which could be quite graphic, you know? And and there was always spoofs of it. Like, the, I think there was a spoof where it's not him, but it's a fake Sam and Bates that sexual swear words, including, you know, fuck, shit, cock, you know? Um, <laughs> but he never actually said the swear words, of course. It was this really weird kind of professorial chap coming on to slightly patronise you about the 18 rated film that you just rented you know well yes I'm hoping it contains some sex I mean I've yeah. just rented Betty Blue it's going to be a really disappointing night if it doesn't <laughs> um yeah that's totally irrelevant uh yes Halloween was great thanks Sarah um went trick-or-treating um around the neighborhood which was quite was a good haul yeah I was about to say it was a it was a good year this year it's getting you know people are really like properly getting into the spirit you know you see in all the american yeah. films and stuff all like the effort people go to and stuff it's kind of starting to catch on even more now over here and i think this year was like probably one of the best 
definitely Massively. since COVID. Oh, we live yeah, in the man. We live in the same area, so we kind of saw the same things. But like, literally, like I have like a couple of neighbours on my street that you know they don't put the decorations out straight away. They put them up like that day, and then the house is just like wow, crazy. And there's like bloody smoke machines and inflatable trees and skeletons and people jumping out of hedges at the trick or treaters yeah. and stuff. It was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, I see. Yeah, we went to a house, like you said. We, I mean, this is not this is not intentionally. It's not that everybody in England lives in the same village, but we happen to <laughs> to do that. Um, but yeah, we saw a guy hiding in a hedge that was cleverly pretending to be not really there, or you know, a dummy or something <laughs> that was really effective. Um, also, yeah, loads of people like when loads I was of growing people up in the eighties, there was hardly anybody. Yes, yeah, dressed up, and dressed up. It's the parents as well. The parents are dressing up as well as just the kids and stuff. I remember yeah. always just being the kids and stuff, you know, when I was a young and and young and, you know, doing my trick or treating and stuff. My parents would go with me, but they would never dress up. But I saw someone like like head to toe in like a like, I don't know, it was either like an inflatable unicorn outfit. I'm sure I saw someone dressed as a fish. There was someone dressed as a dinosaur and a koala. It was really <laughs> mental. Totally. But like you said, it was the parents as well. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it was quite good fun. Cool. I've always done Halloween on the basis that I'll always dress up with. Uh, I have a daughter, uh, and I'll I'll always dress up because I think it'd be weird if I wasn't. Although then I yeah. look around, and think, well, that that dad didn't bother, lazy bastard. Um, mm. But then, in, like you said, you know, there's no way my dad would ever have. Get, <laughs> imagine talking to my dad. So, dad, I mean, you could be a unicorn. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> um, you know, or a fish. <laughs> Here, come dressed as this like six foot salmon. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I'm brushing that? my hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so things have changed. It's great. It has. You can see it in the shops. You know, there's a lot of preamble to Halloween in the UK oh, that yeah. it used to be. Loads there of needs. To, there needs to be more though. There needs to be because, more. I'm one yeah. of those people whose houses. Yeah. You know, my my house is decorated with Halloween decorations like 365 days of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. It's going in the right direction, I think. And um, mm. it was, uh, I know last year, there was, it was the same guy dressed as a, or, or attached to a kind of inflatable dinosaur. He was there this year, which was, I thought, quite an ambitious um, feat. Uh, oh no, dinosaurs? Halloween? Not quite sure if that works. Um, but last year, there was a lot of Squid Game people. I saw like several uh, yes. Squid Gamey people because I guess it was in last year. And this year was yeah. a massive mixture of. Uh, it was, yeah, loads of mixtures of things. But I didn't see too many Eddie Munsons or anything, which I was expecting to see. Actually, yeah. I don't I remember saw, seeing anything stranger. Yeah, I think kids wise and stuff. I think I saw like some older kids with like the purge masks and stuff, which I think is always going to be like a, a thing yeah, now, which is cool. Yeah. yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, no, I'm pleased that um, it's quite like my daughter is massively into Stranger, totally obsessed with Stranger Things. And, and she's watching it on repeat, uh, which I see. I mean, maybe I should have stepped in and done an intervention and said, hang on a minute. Uh, but she, you know, I no. encouraged that because I was the same. Yeah. I was I was a total geek, uh, possibly a bit older than her, but I was a total geek for X-Files and Twin Peaks when I was, you know, mm -hmm. 12 13 14 that kind of thing that she's almost at so i totally get that and it's nice you know the, the genre stuff is is out there and as we know so much of the especially stranger things so much of the genre stuff is basically just a kind of long tribute to the stuff we grew up watching yeah we're, kind of, we're not absolutely. really you know, we're stuck in that loop which is a very nice loop to be in it's um, yeah 
it's it's nice. Yeah. I like the nostalgia to Stranger Things and stuff. I think it'd be weird, you know, mm. being like of a young age and liking that now, wondering where it would go, like, you know, 10, 20 years down the line. But, you know, seeing it at the age we are now, I'm like, wow, that that's cool. That's a you know, yeah. good thing for the younger generation to be growing up with and stuff. I think so. And it says a lot about, you know, the lasting impact of the stuff that we grew up with, doesn't it? Mm, you know, it's, absolutely. It, People are quite snippy. People can be quite snippy. Oh, oh yeah, the eighties, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, we can laugh at the eighties, but actually, there's a, there's obviously something there if this stuff was, is just going round and yeah. round. Yeah. The, the the shows, but the music that's attached mm-hmm. to the shows, like, uh, mm-hmm. like Stranger Things, especially, but lots of other things as well. Um, the remakes and all of that stuff. So yeah, it's it's quite cool. But yeah, how oh how about this though, Sarah? So Halloween was great because I trick or treating and I. I showed uh, said daughter, I showed she's 11, I showed her the fog, John Carpenter's The Fog. Yes. Which was cool. And then, though, what because of the fog, what happened was, um, quite logically, she said, oh, I'd like to watch The Mist because that sounds similar to The Fog, you know, maybe yes. slightly thicker, different kind of, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, thing. but is it? I would say Mist was slightly lighter than Fog. Is it? Is that the case? Fog is thicker? I think so. I feel like uh, it is. Okay, yeah. But if you've watched one, you've got to watch the other. Yeah, you're right. The mist. Um, but so I did. So I showed her the mist last week. Yeah. And the, and uh, I hadn't forgotten, but you know, I, I was kind of aware of it. But the mist is is absolutely. I mean, she wasn't really massively affected either way, but she did like it. She loved <laughs> the monsters. But I was saying, the mist is, is harrowing. I mean, the mist is. <laughs> I think it's amazing. That I have put it at number one in my Stephen. I don't know if I did this when we did the Stephen King episode, but I, put I it think you did. At number yeah. One. Yeah. Because well, we're still at number one in that case. Yeah. Because yeah. it is so utterly, <laughs> extraordinarily harrowing. I love the monsters and and the the stuff in the supermarket with the characters is remarkably well acted. But obviously, it has the the most despairing ending of all time. <laughs> Yeah, and it's funny how you kind of like, yeah, sure, yeah, you want to watch the mist. Oh, it's really great that you're really interested in watching the stuff that I like. I'll stick it on. Yeah, this is great. And you're like, oh, shit, I remember that bit that's coming up now. Oh, God, oh, God, I'm going to traumatise her for life. (laughs) And you'd think that, right? And she's just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Now I'm there. Now, and this is this sounds ridiculous. I don't want to paint myself as a complete blank, wet blanket, which I kind of am. But I'm sitting there, you know, all, uh, can't really speak properly, uh, uh, wet face, totally traumatised, even though I've seen it at least three times before. And she, how'd you find it? Oh, that was, that was good, wasn't it? <laughs> Unaffected. And I, yeah, yeah, it was. You know I mean, do you want me to tuck you in then? <laughs> um, because... You don't want the light left on. I could sleep in the room with I you if you like. Light on. I need some psychiatric help after watching that. Um, and, and and it makes I get it, you know, I get it. You know, she's not a dad, obviously, because she's seven and a girl. Um, but and so maybe to her, watching a, a father at the end of his tether, uh, as it turns yeah. out, mistakenly killing everybody and shooting his own son, <laughs> you know, might not be as horrifying cavalry arrive. Actually, oh the army's here. Oh, what have you done? Oh, you've killed your own son <laughs> and everybody else. Um Spoiler alert for the mist. So yeah, um, <laughs> it turns out that John Carpenter's The Fog is really sweet by comparison to the the absolute the horror show of The Mist, which Frank Darabont, oh man, you know what what an extraordinary. We love him. He and do you know what? Um, 
I wish he'd because uh, I've heard I've heard him talk in interviews and he's quite discreet because presumably legally he has to be, but he does give the impression of the Walking Dead experience being a shit show for him. Um, yeah. But had he stayed on, I mean, oh man, I don't know. It wouldn't it wouldn't Pointless. have gone shit. <laughs> had well, he stayed mate, on. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's 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 picking up, it's trying its best. It's Yes, I've heard. I've heard. Yeah. I know someone else Quick, that is watching yeah. The Walking Dead. Yes. Quickly changing the subject onto The Walking Dead as it's like in its like final couple of episodes. But yeah, yeah, these last since it's come back on with these last few episodes, it's really picked itself back up. And the other the other night, episode twenty three, I think it was, I was literally like hand like the times wow. when um when um um oh god, I've forgotten his name. Maggie's husband, Glenn, when Negan gets Glenn, you know, oh. those moments when you sat there with your fist in your face, it was very much like that in these like last couple of episodes. And yeah, it, it's, it's really like picked up. It's got really good. People That's are dying. People are getting bitten. There are, you know, loads and loads of walkers. It's getting it really good. Gory? So it's still very there gory. is some, yeah, there's still some pretty good, like gory bits and stuff. It has a lot of talky bits, but you know, they make up for it with the other stuff there's so much going on at any one time yeah, yeah there was literally like about four or five things going on in one go and i had my fist in my mouth for like pretty much like half an hour solid just like ah! so yeah well, it's really good. good and it is gonna finish soon so i don't yeah. quite know where i'm gonna go after this because there's gonna be a load of spin-offs and stuff but i don't know how invested mm. i will be in them yeah well i, I because of that and I, I know someone else that said it's really good uh lately uh, i think i got as far as series nine I, I have to check that but i might just do a youtube kind of previously on whatever they've got on youtube to recap yeah probably um, a good idea but yeah i'm, I'm interested in going back just to catch because it is you know it's a long-running show and it has its peaks and troughs but if you're saying to me that there's this kind of like you said fist in mouth moments because to me that's why I like the show so much. Like the mm. the the bit with Maggie's not Maggie. Wait a minute, Carol's daughter in season yes. two. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. God, and the bit with the t the episode with the two little girls in season four. Oh, um, flowers. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah, was, that, I was over. Was, oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I went to pieces because I'm so ridiculous. Uh, and the governor, <laughs> the governor era, and like you yep. said, the. The, the kind of early days of Negan with that the, the circle of um, people and the cliffhanger yeah. and Glenn's absolutely horrific death, um, which is made, which is still one of the most extraordinarily horrific things I've seen on TV. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of I get that it's such a long running show, so it's going to have the troughs and and maybe yeah maybe they could have done i don't know but the truth you, know, you can't change what's happened so if they've rallied around and giving it a good finale that's the main thing isn't it? yep i've still got i collect i'm a bit sad because i still like my dvds and stuff so i've been collecting dvds and stuff of the show like mm. every time a season yep. come out i've got myself the box set and stuff so i'm all sorted for when it's finished i do have ambitions to literally you know go through again because i haven't done that since it started i've never gone oh i'm gonna start from the beginning so once it's done yeah dusted i would like to kind of like what we've done with like the final destination destination movies and stuff sit down and watch them all one after the other just to see if it because yeah. it, the lulls and stuff that i remember from certain seasons and stuff could be because of 
because of COVID, because they dragged out season 10 for about two years. You know, that kind of a thing. That Maybe that's why that seemed to kind of drop in my opinions, because it took so long. If I sat and watched the whole thing, like binged watch, it probably wouldn't seem to drag as much. So, yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to doing that. That's cool. And I'd quite kind of like to do the same, because, like I said, there's moments and sequences of episodes that I thought were especially strong. Mm. Um, yeah, no, that's cool. And like, and it's, I think it's, I think it's a, a very sensible idea to buy the DVD because, as we know, with all of these shows, the the people that run the streaming services, they're, they're not going to have the rights to them forever. So Disney Plus have The Walking Dead at the moment, yeah. but chances are they won't. In who knows, you know, a few years mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, yes. a changeable beast. Good the thing to have. Exactly. And they're shiny, and they look nice on the shelf, and yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So foggy and misty and deady things aside, uh, we yeah. are here today. We are gathered around to uh, worship at the altar, as we said, of the Final Destination franchise, which in the current incarnation runs from 2000 to 2011. So they cranked out five films in 11 years, which is quite impressive. Not as impressive as Saw, where it's oh, geez, no. oh there's another one you know, every year. One every year. Paranormal Activity. Uh, there was pretty much one a year of those for quite a long time. Um, but still impressive, especially, I think, for these ones, because these ones are mad ambitious. I mean, these are the Final Destination series, as we'll discuss, are a kind of hybrid of disaster movie, because <laughs> in, in the fifth one, you get bookended by massive disaster, oh, you know, bridge collapse, plane crash. Um, they're 70s disaster movie versus a kind of teen slasher movie, where in this case it happens to be death but a teen slasher movie format where a bunch of teenagers are killed off every 10 minutes and there's a couple of sensible ones that hang around long enough to survive-ish up to a yeah. point. Um, but there are also movies that are infused by, which is why I like them, and I'm sure it's why you like them too, Sarah, which are infused by the spirit of the Rube Goldberg machine, of, of the mousetrap. Did you have mousetrap growing up? <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is yeah. mousetrap, the movie. Um, you know, and Mousetrap comes from Rube Goldberg, it, it, the, the the inventor, the American inventor who created these these elaborate gadgets, which uh, completed very, very normal and simple tasks, but in ridiculously long winded ways. You know, yes. this chain reaction, this floats into that. Oh, that kicks off that. Oh, that bit of water is fed into that. Oh, fuck, there comes the spade. You know, it's like yeah, it's like a health and safety like disaster like video that you'd watch on like a first aid course you know you, they should use these for like educational videos for health and safety and first aid courses and stuff watch out for this it, it is like, when you've watched the final destination movies especially as we have like sat and watched all five mm. of them in quick succession we're now all super hyper aware of what's going on around this army you're like oh my god there's a nail on the floor where does oh my god it leads to that that tap stripping holy crap it's near that plug i totally that's what they, they do to you which is brilliant which is genius absolutely it genius. Is genius absolutely it, so much fun they, so hilarious and they're having fun i mean um 
you know, every, obviously the, the meetings for these things must be fantastic. I did listen, uh, not not in this rewatch, but years ago, I listened to the commentary for Final Destination 2, which is maybe the most outrageous of all of them, it um, is, yeah. as we will discuss. And they're, they're, having, they're just laughing at their own ridiculous invention. You know, oh, pff, you know, they're in hysterics describing how they thought of, you know, well, what if that, you know, the, the ladder, oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they are that. You know, there was a, I don't know if it's still on, but in Britain there used to be a show called Watchdog, probably still around, yeah. with, yes, with a yeah, Scottish woman going. called Lynn Folds Wood when I was watching it. And there would be a lot of episodes that would investigate things that have gone wrong and chase companies for, you know, things that were wonky and faulty and electrical yep. things. And Cowboy would... builders and all that. Exactly. And I think what was unofficially, <clears throat> I guess, her catchphrase was, you know, this could be a potential death trap. <laughs> and yes, and it was all about things in the home and in Final Destination, you know, oh, the, the water cooler's le leaking. Oh, I'm sure that's mm -hmm. not, oh, oh, that's, oh, that's gone to there. <laughs> then there's a massive spike that's heading to my eyeball. Um, yes, so this is the the franchise that's uh, Mousetrap turned up to 11. Um, it's also The Omen turned up to 11. I mean, The Omen films when <laughs> I was growing up, I'm sure you're the same. Um, although rather different because it's about uh, Devil's Son, the Antichrist, um, is also a series that's completely built around there being a spectacular decapitation or bisection every 15 minutes, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, he's spending a long time in that lift. I wonder. If, oh, the lift's broken. Ah, now I understand. And, you know, very much the omen. Um, there was also a film. It's quite underrated, actually, and if you've not seen it, it's well worth checking out. There's a film called Soul Survivor from the 80s, that's, and it's kind of a zombie film in a way, Sarah. Oh, and, cool. and it's very Final Destinationary because it's about uh, somebody that uh, survives a plane crash completely unhurt. And it plays on the idea, I suppose, that all these films are about, even though they're very comical, of survivor's guilt uh, of somebody you know surviving right. something they shouldn't but also yeah it is very much about this character being stalked by something and weird shit going down and he thinks what's following him is the specter of death itself you know so it's very mm -hmm. it's very much in that vein so this movie is these movies rather are very much all of those things i think back Absolutely. together um they're ridiculously gruesome. These movies in the 80s would never have been 15. They would have been 18 or <laughs> <laughs> There's yeah. no way in the UK. They're, they're slow burns in a way as well because of the build-ups and stuff. And there's yeah. like so many red herrings. They're like, oh, you watch this and this bit runs to there. And then you're like, oh my God, he's going to get like a like flamethrower in the face. And then nothing happens and a stone falls on his head or something. Yes, misdirection is it's constant. Misdirection, yeah. <laughs> what I love about them is, uh, and we'll go through all five of them, don't worry, uh, is that, um, I mean, they're all structured the same way. So, ah, bad thing happens. Ah, Jesus Christ, in the first 10 minutes, lots of people have died. Oh, it's just a vision. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a preview. It's a psychic vision by somebody that's attuned to that kind of thing. And then blah, blah, the survivors die off. And a couple of people will plod along, like you said. It's kind of, I mean, the pacing is it's somehow fast and slow at the same time because there's all there's regular deaths, but there's also a lot of plodding along. Oh, well, yeah. why is this then? I think we've cheated death. Oh, mm. oh, I see. Let's go and see if Jeff's okay. Oh God, Jeff has just been impaled yeah. by a swordfish. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so it's basically two people, usually a boy and a girl ish, 
uh, they walk between their friends. They've just perished. They've not been able to survive uh, to save Jeff quite in time, gradually figuring out that maybe death itself is stalking them and their friends at work or at home in these very familiar kind of domestic situations. Um, but yeah. And along the way, it's, it's play, all these movies are playing on things that we're all freaked out by, you know, whether it's eye trauma or, or um, other stuff. But hilariously, what I think is great about most of these, maybe not the first one, which is quite serious and sombre, but is, most, yeah. of them, most of them are about, you know, the ridiculousness of Looney Tunes style, very large objects yes. falling from the sky to squash yeah. you like, you know, <laughs> like Acme. Uh, in yes. the movies, cartoons, gee, <laughs> very much like that. Squishy sound effects, especially two and three. Yes, exactly. Which is why we love them. So, um, <laughs> without further ado, Sarah, um, yes, yes. So that's that's the gist of what we're talking about today. The final decision films coming back soon to a place near you, but otherwise confined to the distant past of the kind of first decade of this century. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you join this series, Sarah? I know I watched all of these in the cinema because I was off age and I was going to the cinema a lot. But what about yourself? How did you watch these films originally? I think, yes, I was the same of, um, in kind of like hanging out with friends, heard about it. Everyone was like, oh, yeah, we've got to go and see this. So I definitely, yes, mm. I saw the, saw the first one in the cinema and was like absolutely like blown away. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It's one of those ones that you just come out of the cinema just like, what the fuck? Yes. Because yes. to be fair, about that kind of time, I mean, I'm not a very good flyer myself. Mm. I don't think I'd ever got on a plane. I don't think I got on a plane until after my brother got married, so probably a good five or six years after I'd seen Final Destination. And I was literally mm. adamant, like, I'm going to be one of them people, you know, I know whatever plane I get on, it's going to crash type thing. And watching that reaffirmed it in my mind. I was like, see, see what can happen if you go on a plane. It's like, that's why you don't do this. But yeah, it was, it was great. And considering like, obviously it was the first one, the whole crash and stuff that starts off at the beginning, you're just like, well, and, and, and now what happens? And mm. then you just come back through his eye and you see it's a vision and you're like, he's going to freak out. What's going to happen after this? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. I love the the idea of like the big action, like straight away, every single time yes. within the first five, ten minutes of the film, you know, something massive and spectacular happens yeah. in every single one of them. Yeah, absolutely. And that sets you up to away, think, really. oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Yes, I think that's kind of astonishing, isn't it? Because... These films, I mean, they uh, quite a few of these five films look like they probably cost a fair bit because, it, you know, I mean, they pro- they probably just very economical, I think. But it does blow the budget straight away with yeah, a plane but they crash. Still, they you know, don't look too dated either, especially not in final the mm. the, the, the first one doesn't actually like you I'm know there's old. no dodgy, not no really dodgy CGI that kind of dates it. Some of the others, I'm a little bit like, oh god, that looks a little bit. <laughs> Same. crap but, yeah. but in the first one you don't notice it so much no i yeah the first one is is interesting to go back to isn't it because obviously, mm. obviously it's the oldest one it came out in 2000 i remember watching it at the cinema like you and knowing about it and there was a buzz around it because it was 
it was on the back of loads of conventional slasher films like the scream sequels had kind of played themselves out with head i know you did last yeah. summer and things like that so this was a teen sort of slasher but it wasn't really yeah. a teen slasher it was a a riff on it and this came along and it had the proper talking points um and obviously this would turn out to be the whole survival blood of the series which is the regular deaths but yeah there was much more going on with this and and to start off the way it does is spectacular. I mean, yeah, it's, and you it's can a do that. Sequence. Yeah, with the with the trailers and stuff, you can show stuff like that because you know there's more to come. Mm. Whereas with most like action films and stuff, you show stuff like that and you're like, well, I've seen pretty much like the gist of the film now. Whereas with Final Destination, you're like, <laughs> this is the the teaser. You're like, how yeah, do the survivors? What yeah. happens to the survivors? And the first kill in the in the first final de destination is is I actually found it really quite creepy. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, that uh, in, in many ways. I mean, this first film um, is serious. It's much more serious than the others. It does have a sense of humour. It does. Have, yeah. It has in jokes. So it's. It, I think the others. Some of the others do this. It's got a lot of characters named after directors. Hitchcock is in there. Oh, it's yeah. um, Bob Hitchcock, uh, Val Luton, <laughs> Todd Browning. You know, it's got the kind of Agent Shrek. <laughs> uh, so it's got a bunch of those going on. Um, but it is generally played very straight and very sombre. And it's trying, I think, more than the later ones, which are much more broad. I mean, you know, you get to number five. Well, two actually straight away is mostly <laughs> is mostly cartoonish, even that early yeah. in the series. But this one is pretty, pretty powerful. I think the, the plane crash is quite disturbing. Um, there's nothing kind of funny about the plane, plane crash. It has a great moment as well where um, they say, well, you know, we've just seen a screaming baby and a disabled guy. I'm sure that, you know, if there is a God, it'd be really fucked if he tries <laughs> yeah. to bring down this plane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought was quite cool. But it is a harrowing depiction. Also interesting that this came out in 2000. So this is, you know, this is playing on all of our ultimately deep down flying anxiety right before September the 11th in yeah. 2011, uh, 2001, sorry. So that's quite interesting, especially as it starts off in New York. Um, mm. But yeah, the first death, man. So the first death is genuinely quite disturbing. I think mm. it's maybe interesting that it's the first. It might be the most uncomfortable one of the series. Definitely. Um, or one of the it's most. it's so relatable and it's so yeah. simple in a lot of ways. But it's and it's so sad because everyone thinks he's committed suicide. Hmm. Or his parents do, at least, obviously, Alex and Claire and everyone like that are, are kind of on to something. But the fact that the, the leaking toilet that starts it all off then no. kind of goes back, that's creepy. That's, made, that, that's the kind of supernatural element to it. Yeah, the water motif kind of keeps coming back, doesn't it? Lots of things mm. leak in, in the series. Yes. But in the first one where you do also see what you assume is death as a kind of shadowy presence um, haunting mm. the film... Um, makes it kind of creepy and, and you see a shadowy figure in this kind of this particular death but I think it's yeah it's 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 cleverly playing on things that we find weirdly hard to watch like he's clipping his nose hairs at one point <laughs> you know which to watch that is quite oh <laughs> why are we dwelling on yeah this? you're like yeah yeah <laughs> but like, why are we getting such a close-up of these like blades up someone's nose you're just like oh yes. this is not going to end well yes. but again it's misdirection but it kind of goes in an even worse thing like the whole slipping in the bath well, thing who hasn't yes yeah exactly. who hasn't slipped on a bathroom slippery floor or in the bathtub yeah. itself and thought shit yeah um 
because you know when we're I, th I think this was probably because of blooming watchdog again but you know growing up there was always this sense of uh and i've forgotten what film it is it might be nightmare on elm street where she has the bath in that but there's yes. um there's definitely a sense growing up watching horror you think yeah most accidents do happen in the home you know you're yeah. just there you go Our having a shower the death traps yeah <laughs> Which is a brilliant and genius thing, and in this case, very uh, the detail as well. I think of yeah. his eyes, uh, bloodshot eyes, uh, yeah. as he throttled himself uh, is quite unpleasant. Um, it's not a big gore death, but it is a very no. personal and it's drawn death. out and yeah, prolonged. Yeah, I think I think you're totally right. That's you know. That's the and point then, where the series is still quite disturbing. Yeah. And then for like the, se the second kill, they go completely in the opposite direction. And it's one of those out of the blue, someone gets taken out by a bus. Right. Literally. Wow. Well, like, blink and you miss her. Well, that's great. And this and this, you know, and this is where the films really work, I think, particularly in the cinema. Is I remember watching this in the cinema. And, yeah. and as you said, you know, the traders, yeah. You get, you get the idea of the, what, what's going to be happening, maybe-ish. But, but what it can't tell you is this great moment with no music or anything like that of, it's what's-his-names, because it's, it's a bunch of 90, uh, 90s, sort of early 2000s teens in this, and one of them is the guy from uh, Dawson's Creek, and it's his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. That, and she's like, ah, oh, you can just drop dead. And she walks <laughs> into the road, and a bus from nowhere, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh, knocks it out in the cinema. That was such a, a kind of popcorn dropping. Go blind. Yeah. Where's my trousers? Did that just happen? Yeah. Exactly. And um, and it's and I'm guessing this is um, this is deliberate because there's a character called Val Luton in the film, which is the teacher. Um, but uh, this is a, a rather clever pun, I think, on what is what used to be called and probably is still called the bus scare in Cat People, which is the film from the nineties. Uh, sorry, from the 40s, the 1940s, where uh, which is often seen as the originator of the jump scare, which is where a character is being stalked through Central Park and the very loud sound of a bus appearing from nowhere, the sound of the bus um, jolts you at that particular point when she's actually safe, but the bus makes you jump. So uh. I think that's possibly the wittiest um, kind of jump scare type thing, given its history of horror reference that there is so but it's such a very effective sequence there's no real gore in that you just see like you said she's gone before you know it yeah and that is kind of a preview i suppose of some of the more cartoony deaths that are to come yeah yeah they do it they do it again later on in that film don't they they you know that like, well, we've done it with a bus we'll do it with something else this time but it's not going to be what you think it is and then they do the getting hit by vehicles in another one as well Yes, yeah, the bus, the bus kill death thing does come back. They they do a few kind of buses later on in the, in the series, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it then kind of kind of drops a little bit. It kind of goes a little bit talky in like um, Alex and Clear Rivers. I really hate that name. Clear Rivers. <laughs> you, think, you you think her name is Claire, and you're like they're saying it really weird, and then you're like, oh no, her actual name is Clear Rivers. Such a yeah. Or, odd name but yeah they kind of do a little bit of talking they're kind of figuring out that something supernatural is going on so it kind of all gets a bit talky and, yeah. quiet. and then they go down another route of the your house is a death trap type thing with uh, mrs luton oh <laughs> yes of course yeah absolutely and um and what i think is the 
it's possibly the most bad taste like kind of joke in in this series is the fact that the recurring uh, song in the film, including what she's got yes. listened to on record, is by John Denver, who John died in Denver. a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, in real life, um, which is quite, which is a good bad taste gag. You know, if you're going to do yeah. a bad taste gag, at least have a, a quite a witty one. At least do and, it well, yeah. <laughs> and this movie is by, uh, I mean, this uh, uh, Final Destination generally started as an X Files episode that never happened. Um, pitched by um jeffrey reddick who's the screenwriter of this with james uh trying to get it around the right way james wong and glenn morgan who mm -hmm. uh, were regular writers on the x-files who uh, james wong directed this and their speciality even kind of watching it when i was really young i i picked up on the fact that their episodes would often use kind of easy listening or lovely country songs for the most horrific things possible you know <laughs> um including the episode of X-Files that they never showed again in America because it was really gruesome. So I quite like that. But yeah, Val Luton's death, Valerie Luton, is uh, pretty gruesome, Sarah. It's, it's an it elaborate is. series of bad things happening when you're just making a cup of tea. Or yes. a cup of vodka, I think it is, actually. Well, you know, she starts with a cup of tea, then she yes. throws it away, and then she puts in the vodka and ice, which cracks her mug, which then it. kicks off yeah, kicks off a series of things, because then you have to walk around the house and drip it over your computer and not even notice that you've done that, that kind of thing. And they go, oh, no, I'll um, go back into the kitchen where I've balance this knife on the side of the counter and <laughs> that kind of stuff is a crazy series of events which well, does end yes. quite hilariously though it is funny is i mean presumably deliberately right i mean this is the most somber one but it is obviously very it's, blackly funny yeah very blackly <laughs> funny because like the final kill she just like throw ends up throwing a load of knives Oops. in the air and stabbing herself and alex who's trying to go and save her then ends up turning up right at the wrong time <laughs> as the knife gets like shoved in and then he's holding it in his hand which oh, is I'll just, yeah i'll just pull this out oh, yeah I'll just, no. I'll just help you here i'll just pull that out i mean he's already under investigation by the fbi for the whole plane thing because they then kind of like start questioning him thinking he has something to do with the plane exploding and stuff like that so they're following him around so he then has to go on the run because they think that he's killed mrs luton when he in fact I don't think he was ever going to try and save her, but it, it just seems to be the way in the Final Destination movies that, like you say, they go running to save their friend just at the moment their friend yeah. dies. They always turn up at the end to watch them die. Yeah. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I like the fact... That, and one of the... One, the FBI is part... I've forgotten what the other guy's name is, but it's partly represented by Daniel Roebuck, isn't it, from the Rob Zombie Yes, I love him. Movies. Yeah. Is he Herman Munster? I haven't seen it. Is he Herman in the uh, new Munster? No, I don't think he... I don't think he's it? Herman, is he? Is That's... I think so. He's uh, oh, is he grandpa? Oh, he could be grandpa. Yeah, yeah. No, I still not seen the monsters. The guy. Um, yes, yeah. The, the FBI investigation is ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's silly. What does that mean? He was driving the bus that killed the other. <laughs> um, or how would he have got into the bathroom of that first guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty much a placeholder, and. And I know in Final Destination 5, they bring in another kind of FBI agent kind of character that's yeah. totally pointless, but is there to kind of fill in space between deaths, I think, is the idea of it. Yeah. Um, which I kind of get because, you know, you've got to structure your death or your deaths around something. Um, yeah, I like that sequence. I think that the Val Luton sequence uh, of the, this charade of, you know, oh, my, my vodka mug is cracked and 
my computer's exploded and I've got a shard of glass from that in my neck um, before I pulled the knife rack on, um, is the beginning of the of the kind of mousetrap scenario, isn't it? That's the yeah. first of the deaths that sets up, uh, that kind of sets a, a kind of precedent for, well, how can we outdo the, the chain first, of events? Well, yeah, it's like they kind of started it off with Todd in the bathroom. It's dark and horrifying, yes. Yeah, and then thought, how can we make this a little bit funnier along the way? Yeah. So that's how they then built up to Mrs. Luton's, I think. Yeah, and and it's quite cool. I mean, it's really well done, and I think. Uh, but again, it's about the sus the sustained suspense of well, how is she going to go? Oh, and, and, and with an audience, I mean, this stuff is very much. I think more than well, those slasher movies. I suppose Friday the Thirteenth and all those things are very big audience films. I think that's why those did really well in the eighties because it's all about you know what's going to happen next. Who's going to get a machete in the face or whatever. Mm. This is very similar. What about the next one? I mean, going with the very early two thousands cast. Obviously, we've got Devon Devon Sauer as the as the lead, who uh, who is there with Ali Larter as the hilarious Claire Rivers, who's a bit of a you know a bit of a gloom, a bit of a kind of she is yeah, a bit of a sort of gothic. Mm. I quite like her though because she's so depressing. You know, she's yeah, she, she is gloomy and depressing for sure. And then and, Carter, yeah, the jock. Is he? Yes, he's the guy. Oh, he's the Billy. guy from I think he's the guy. Carter's the guy from Dawson's Creek. Who's Billy? Who's Billy? Sean, I've seen him in loads of things. Pie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Sean he's Scott. comic relief. Yeah. Bled sure love him. He's, yeah, he's, he's basically playing his American Pie character. -ish. Yeah. Pretty, pretty <laughs> yes. pretty and much. I like that because it makes me nostalgic for you know 1999 ish. Um, and he's the victim of the next death, Sarah. Sean William Scott has a really good death, I think. I like this He, one. he really does, because you don't expect it to be him. No. Because Car Carter thinks he knows what to do. Oh, we haven't, miss we haven't mentioned Tony Todd yet either. There's kind Ooh. of like stuff going on there, because Alex and Claire yes. have to go. They go to a morgue. I can't remember why. Why do they do that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it? Why would they? I can't remember. That. I can't it remember. No for some reason, they go oh, to the maybe they go and see, like, I think they're oh no, they're trying to find the last person that died. I think they wanted to see Mrs. Luton's corpse, or is it Billy's corpse? Uh, no, sorry, it's Todd's early. corpse. The, it's yeah, Todd's first guy. They want to go and see his corpse. So they bump into Tony Todd, who gives them loads of cryptic things, like he knows what's going on, and he's really cool, and we love him. But he tries to kind of say that there is some kind of pattern to what's yeah. happening which is then what makes Alex and Queer kind of figure out who's next to go, which is when he then finds Mrs. Luton. So, yeah, Carter then thinks, I think it's Carter's next turn to go. Um, so he decides he's going to try and do it himself. So with oh, yeah. Alex and Queer in the car, he stops on a train track and waits for the train to come and get him. Um, and I think Alex then has another vision of a, seatbelt snapping or something and um he's trying to get carter out cut the seatbelt snaps he saves carter so they think they've then broken the chain and everything they're like oh yeah we've done it everything's great yay no one else is gonna die this is all cool the train then decides to come past flips up a tiny bit of metal from the car mm -hmm. which then slices billy's head off or something or slices through his head it's another one of those what the fuck moments because you're not expecting it to happen there and then yeah it's really good. It's a good one, isn't it? It's That's uh, one of the ones I remember the most. It's probably not the most spectacular or anything, but it is one of the kills that I remember the most. 
yeah and it and it is in, i think it's really yeah and it is in the spirit of the omen because it's the omen has a great decapitation and this is yeah. i think it's quite a novel way of doing it um and especially with him because he's he's probably i mean uh ali lart is quite depressing although obviously quite you know quite a a, a memorable character and devon sour doesn't have that much going on but he's sean william scott's kind of amusing and yeah you you wouldn't mind him hanging around a bit longer so it's i think it's quite effective it's sad yeah yeah you're like oh why did they have to take him so we've yeah. then unraveled the fact that even though carter got skipped or alex saved carter it then skipped on to the next person so it kind of then goes a little bit like oh we have to work out who's next and it gets a little bit hero-y then doesn't it because i think it then skips to clear Alex manages to save her in dramatic fashion with yes. like electric cables flying around the place. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then it, it kind of goes a little bit kind of heroic then. And I, I did, to be fair, I kind of started to lose interest a little bit and they kind of eventually he saves Claire. Everything seems great. And then they do the SpongeBob SquarePants thing of six <laughs> months later. <laughs> Yeah. Where they have they have made it to Paris, all three of them, and yeah, but they haven't escaped death, or two of them haven't. Yeah, and there is, I mean, it makes sense. There is a on the Blu-ray or DVD. There is an alternative. I mean, originally this movie was even more somber because there's a whole kind of subplot about Ali Lata being pregnant with oh. his child there's a whole relationship that never happens in the final oh yeah i was gonna say i've never yeah. said i've not seen this alternative ending yeah it's interesting i mean it's it's totally it i totally get where they went for the spectacular again mousetrap style killing yeah. off a least likable person um but yeah the original from memory is is that they she's pregnant and it has a very kind of quiet somber he he dies saving her like for, this is again from memory so i don't know if it's who totally, alex yeah okay. um devon sarah's character dies and she she i think she's at his grave or something in the original ending with his child and it's something to do i think they make a point of it being because she's pregnant you know blah blah this has happened with the plan um but it's a much more somber ending that apparently quite understandably didn't go down well with the test audiences so they reshot the whole paris thing yeah the John Denver thing back again and yeah. uh, thingy from Dawson's Creek getting squished. Wiped him out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which makes sense. I like because, that. Yeah. yeah uh, that's, I, that's a good ending. I liked the ending. So I'm glad. I'm glad I've never seen the alternative. I don't think I would yeah, have been that impressed. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because it fits with what I suppose they were going for, which was a more serious kind of piece. But obviously what turned out was that this film most people were excited by the you know the bus jumps the the bus kill or by the um the decapitation of uh, american pie guy <laughs> rather than some slightly boring subplot about her being pregnant yeah um, i do like that she's so excited about breaking into the morgue that's the, the happiest she looks in these two films that she's in <laughs> when she's breaking into the morgue to see tony todd i suppose you would be though well yeah anyone He's great. <laughs> he's brilliant he does he's in this for one scene i mean yeah uh, tony todd in this series you could probably add up his screen time from all five films and it's a you know a few minutes or whatever but because he's tony todd he brings a huge amount of gravitas and mm. and this and he's clearly having quite a good time and yeah uh, 
and he's got catchphrases like i'll see you soon which is the you know a threat stroke promise yeah um like you said very cryptic pointlessly cryptic I mean, well you know um yeah death death has his plan yeah. mumble mumble yeah yeah oh, oh there are no accidents yeah um yeah it was a, a master stroke to cast someone so uh, so marvelously charismatic and menacing as uh, tony todd yeah but yeah that's the first movie sarah i mean any other thoughts on yeah. the first one it's it holds up i think like i do it agree does with you, hold up yeah there's moments it of uh, flagging or whatever the word is yeah yeah there's some there's some slow bits but you know it's, it's interspersed with like some some really cool fun things that you just wouldn't expect were going to happen do yeah and do you um, think the original suffers only because it's by comparison with the busier sequels like in the cinema this was great i came out like yeah. wow um even though it's 20 years ago i remember mm. quite well is that what it is? Is it because the others mm -hmm. have got a lot more mental stuff? Yeah, it's a bit more mental, a little bit more animated, a little bit more fun to it. Yeah, like you yeah. say, this one, this one is definitely the most serious. I think that is mainly down to like the main character as well, Alex or oh, Devon uh, Sauer's yeah. character. He, he's not he's, that he's, exciting. He's really not that exciting. No, he's a bit dull, isn't he? I mean, he I is a bit. <laughs> No, don't I mean, tell he's the anyone. Kid from Casper, that's <laughs> the boy from Casper. Yeah, he, he's, he is, yeah, he is a little bit dull, and Claire is a little bit gloomy. To yeah. be the main, ironically, the main for someone called Claire. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, she's a bit. I mean, I, I, I mean, this is a bit personal, but I remember always uh, ending up uh, kind of attached to quite depressing goths <laughs> at a certain stage in life, and she's one of those ones that you can imagine. Uh, being quite attracted to, but then realizing that every evening was a, a series of messages on an old fashioned mobile phone where they wanted to kill themselves or something. <laughs> I think that's, you know, yeah. that's her. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, oh, flashback. But yes, exactly. And I never forgave Devon Sauer because I had quite a teenage crush on Christina Ricci and Casper, which um, obviously he ruined by turning up at the end as a <laughs> fucking ghost that's made flesh, bastard. Uh, the good news is in between films, as Final Destination tell, uh, Final Destination Two tells us, Devon Sauer is killed by a falling brick in yes. between films, that which is, is the, the best thing. news. Yeah, I um, think yeah. With the rest of the films, I think they do kind of pretty much manage to finish everybody off in one film. But yes, you are left thinking at the end of the of first Final Destination that Alex and Claire are safe; nothing happens to them. Yes. Carter dies right at the end, and you're like, "Oh, okay." So, yeah, I kind of thought those two would both be back for two because you know, you knew as soon as you came out of the cinema that there was going to be another one. Yeah, you're like, absolutely. you've got, you've got, I've got like serious sequel vibes going on here. This could go on for Massive. a long time. <laughs> There's no end to it. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, because Death's plan, as Tony Todd tells us, Death's plan is well. What is his plan again, Tony Todd? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to tell mumble, you. Mumble, mumble, mumble. I know, but I'm not going to tell you. He's yeah. mysterious, like God. He works in mysterious ways. Oh, Jesus. Oh, what? That's nothing. You've not told us anything. I'll be back in the sequel. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So. 
Yeah, I mean, it's good. Like you said, Devon Sauer is a bit, no one really cares about him. He's dead. He's been killed by a brick, which is one of the worst ways to go. I've checked and it really is. Um, <laughs> Ali Lata, padded room for her. She <laughs> checks herself into the mental institution herself. Yes. And what all that means is, although we have to deal with Ali Lata until she buys the farm in number two, eventually, um, we're kind of reset for Final Destination 2 which came out in 2003, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, hilariously, I watched this in America. America! Wow. I watched this in the US on holiday. And um, the genius of the USA's uh, rating system is that an R rating, which is what these movies are, roughly equivalent to R15 or 18 in the UK, means mm -hmm. that anybody under 17 can come in if they've got a parent or guardian with them. So I watched Final Destination 2 chuckling my ass off at some of the most outrageous death scenes I've ever seen in the cinema with imagine a parent. Was... Okay. <laughs> yes. With a parent somewhere in the audience with like, I don't know, three, four-year-olds in attendance. It was mental. Wow. Well, <laughs> so it's, it's got to be crazy in America. I bet it, they were shouting and screaming and whooping. It kind of is. Yes, it's not like us reserved Brits. We're, oh, bravo. Yes, that's pretty yeah. good. You know, well it's much more fun. Okay, okay. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not in that accent because they're American. <laughs> um, <laughs> holy shit. No, that's not right. Yes, exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, we're from a very remote part of England. So, yes, I mean, part two, I watched in America, which is ridiculous. Wow. I watched a bunch of films. I remember, like, being in uh, in America, thinking, what should we do? Oh, let's go to cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these films, back in 2003, it took forever for stuff to come out in the UK. You'd wait six months yes. and eventually, um, you know, something would come out. But it was really bizarre because it was watching Final Destination 2 in a cinema with kids. That <laughs> was really, what yeah. is this? this is not Shrek. Um, Especially considering how it starts. Like, you know, well, were they were they still in the cinema by the end of it? Yeah, from oh, it's a long time ago, <laughs> but from memory, no one left. I mean, you know, it was, it was like, what well, questionable parenting choice, but interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so two, two for me, uh, uh, like I said, watching all of these in the cinema, which is the best place to see them, really, with you know reactions and stuff. But two for me is where it really all kicks off. This one, from the moment it started, well, you know, it takes a while, but the very uh, opening stretch with the the thing that has scarred us all for life in terms of driving on any kind of road behind yep. a truck with loads of locks, absolutely, um, is balls to the wall you know in your face we're not taking this massively seriously but this is what you wanted you know that scene in the first one that you all loved well here it is times 10 <laughs> yeah oh and tony todd's back but yeah the opening stretch of this i think is outstanding i think it's tremendous i mean it is it's it as we go on we see a lot more cgi and stuff and yeah there's some cgi stuff here but you forgive it because it's so mental i think it's yeah. a great sequence the the oh. you know the freeway the, sequence it's, it's absolutely brilliant it's like amazing one, oh my god death literally within seconds to the next one yeah you know the cop getting taken out by the log you know <sighs> literally just obliterating them and then you see in the log come back through the wind like the back windscreen of the car just covered in blood yeah you're just like what the hell and then literally straight after that they've got the dude on the motorcycle that just yes. gets completely splattered the guy in, is it a mustang or something possibly not a mustang so, uh, a maybe. 
Trans yeah. like the one kind of like who ends up just getting like the roof whipped off and burnt alive. You know, oh. what the hell else can we do? You know, it's everyone incredible. just meets an incredibly gruesome end. Yeah, it's spectacular. I, I'd never, I still believe this is true. I don't think I'd ever seen anything like that before. No, like on that because obviously we've seen we've seen car chases and crashes and never in that not quick succession no exactly so you'll see one gore. good kill and possibly 10 minutes 15 minutes later there'll be another one but this one's just like amazing kill amazing kill amazing kill amazing kill don't blink you'll miss the next kill yeah and it is a, and it is a remarkable combination of real live stunt work and there's a lot of that you know yes. clearly real stunts with some CGI, you can see some of the green screen stuff, but I don't think it distracts sure. much and some practical gore. But it all works really well, I think. I think it's 20, this is now like almost 20 years old. It's 2003. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's it's an incredible sequence. The best, I would say it's the best sequence of the whole series. Yep. And yep. it's never we really do, changed. We're doing the top five later, so I don't want to give too much away, but it might, it might be on my list. <laughs> there's a chat and it's and the build-up is quite fun isn't it because you've got the usual slasher the slasher movie style setup of a bunch of uh teenagers smoking weed and planning a weekend of shagging yeah um, you know and the nods to flight 180 highway to hell on the radio um yeah yeah again with the with the relevant songs this yeah the ironic and choices. and it kind of puts in a little bit of a twist here because obviously in the first one pretty much everybody kind of knew each other whereas in final destination 2 it basically turns out to be a bunch of strangers so they're all in the queue um yeah. the girl what's oh, her yeah. name uh, kim yes and then her character name is kim um yeah she sees the whole crash happen um, and once again, you know, like kind of a blip, you kind of see through her eyes just before it's all going to happen. So she stops on the side mm. of the road, holds up a bunch of people behind her um, who are then are people who she saves. But obviously she's got a car full of people. So you think like she saved everyone. But literally out of nowhere, just as the road crash happens, her car gets wiped out and her three friends are killed. Yeah. So instantly you then think to yourself, well, how, how does that work in regards to the premonition? Because already mm. it's gone slightly squiffy. If it was still like it was in the first Final Destination look with Alex and that, he had a definite like cue as to who dies then, then, and then, and then. But her three friends that die with her at the end are then taken out straight away, but she's still alive. So I'm like, oh, how the hell is this going to work? Yeah. Puts yep. a kind of little twist on it, and it is dead on a year from the Flight 180 and the 180 pops up quite a lot within the films, doesn't it? It's a recurring number. Yes. Yeah, quite cleverly, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and later on, it comes up again. Yeah. There's a lot of nods to to the earlier film. Um, it's also the, the the first stretch is the introduction to one of the more entertaining characters from this series, which I've forgotten his character name. It's Jonathan Cherry's character, who... Um, who, who jokes about it being they're being part of the different strokes curse and things like that and yeah Jonathan cherry's in a few things around this time i don't know what happened to him i i can't oh, remember what else he was in he's great though i like him yeah he's brilliant he's brilliant and his death is like my favorite oh the advice the trisection is it three ways yeah split? <laughs> the, whole, the whole setup to that is just absolute 
cast. That's the thing. They thought about the setups here. Every kill is set up, set up, and set up. Oh man, There's, this is the sometimes one, you kind of sometimes I think like on my watch recently I kind of went you know what this is actually getting a little bit drawn out now. It's like come on, just fucking get on with it. But they well, do set things up crazy. Like the first guy to go goes through this whole horrendous series of events. Massive. He's literally like apparently he li- like won the lottery did, before yeah. everything had all happened. He won the lottery. He survives this road traffic accident thanks to Kim and then like how he actually dies is just like so many near misses it's ridiculous oh and that this is the beginning isn't it of the truly mousetrap type thing because yeah I love that guy because he comes home with like an iMac whatever the biggest thing was in 2003 gold watch um yeah and it's the kitchen hazards and the hilarious thing is the first thing I he throws out the pasta yeah, which is the thing yeah, that kills him out in the, the window <laughs> and you're just like why 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 it's like why are we showing why is which he showing no that sense. landing on the floor i'm like obviously afterwards when it's all happened you're like ah, okay i understand why that was relevant now but yes. after all that you know throwing pasta out the window and then everything else that Front happens <laughs> The fridge magnet predicts his end because it, it the thing drops and it says drops I, into the microwave. Yeah, the yeah. microwave explodes and gets his hand trapped in the garbage disposal. Yes, which is a classic. You know, <laughs> don't put your hand in there. No one puts their hand in there. Um, he says he says, "Oh, I'm really lucky." And before he died, yeah, yeah, it's and the ladder. <laughs> he slips on the spaghetti <laughs> and gets the fire escape ladder through his eyeball. And it goes, like you said, it goes on for it, but that becomes the sort of the trend not in it not every death is like this but it becomes the trademark no, but the next one oh, yeah the next, the, one. Next, the next one is just as mental i love the next this is the beginning of pigeons turning up in this series <laughs> the series becomes a pigeon thing pigeons are the portent of you know death's master plan or whatever and yeah. there's actually a line where someone says oh my god nora and tim are going to be attacked by pigeons <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because they think i mean they're right in a sense but the dentist sequence, class, and it's this is basically remade with um, laser eye surgery later on in number five. Yeah. But um, I think this is fantastic. I know it, it goes on forever. I mean, it's these movies, stupid. These, <laughs> these movies have ten minutes and of people wandering around looking glum, and then twenty hours of people going, "Oh, <laughs> oh that's leaking." Yeah, close-ups of plugs and <laughs> water and. But the, the, you got it. It's Fish great because it's dentists. So straight away we're on fucking. Oh dentists. yeah, you think you're like oh, <laughs> yeah. and it's close up drilling. Yeah, death by death by dentist. You're like, oh, this is going to be so horrible and so painful, and like I can't look, I can't look, and you're just like literally <laughs> looking through your fingers, and it has absolutely the dentist nothing. nothing. It's misdirection. Yeah, but when yeah. when the there's like a little floaty mobile above the kid's head and the dentist gets sent out and the yes. it's got like weird plastic fish on it or something, hasn't it? And one of the fish like falls off the mobile and falls into his mouth and you're like, <laughs> oh my God, he's going to bring a suffocate on a fish. But wait. This is but, it. <laughs> but wait, what dentist have you ever been to that has a baby's cot style mobile <laughs> no, above the fucking never. chair? Nothing. <laughs> not three or three months. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And they they do remake this almost in in a very similar fashion, except without the uh, the baby style mobile above the the chair with the eye surgery number five. But hilariously, um, I love the fact, and this this isn't unique to this film, but I love the fact that 
the dentist surgery happens to be right next to a massive construction site <laughs> with they the, always you are. see yeah. you know you see them moving this massive sheet of glass outside oh i wonder if that will be relevant in a few minutes um and there's a pigeon that hits the window and at one point i think it's what's what's her name flouncy mcgraw who's the who's the main girl in this one again i can't remember her name she's so um, kind of one note yeah she is basically mildred mcgag um, her oh her name is keegan connor no, oh, sorry, not her. No, no, no. Her. Oh, no that's not AJ, her. AJ Cook. AJ Cook, which sounds weirdly familiar. But okay, AJ Cook. So she's pigeons, you know. Um, she's shouting pigeons. And, and yeah. this does have a great payoff, though, you have to admit. And oh, I never God, yeah. knew this was that's coming. That's another one that I really remember. This is tremendous. I mean, he's only, is this move, this final solution to kind of relishes killing off kids. I mean, he's about, mm. I don't know, 14 or something. <laughs> and it's very omen like you know it's very yes. much like that plate of glass that kills david warner in the omen and uh, mm. slices up his head in this case it's looney tunes because <laughs> it crushes yeah literally like, just splats on him it's an acme uh plate of glass that's fallen from god somewhere um yeah which is show-stopping it it's is. worth the it's wait crazy and you think you think you're gonna get two for one as well because you think the mum's gonna go as well but she the gets to watch her own son being squished. yeah the way they'd set it up in the dentist and stuff you think they're both gonna she's gonna get oh, electrocuted yeah. he's gonna like i don't know suffocate on a plastic fish but yeah no in the end he gets it's squashed torture. by glass she gets to watch which is which is really you know it's horrific. A great joke it's <laughs> dark i mean this that's not the darkest joke of the film, but it's almost you know it's um i think there is a sense that everyone's cackling at that point but it's such a great audience kind of participation moment um and then oh, tony todd turns up you know yeah and this time he's proper i mean he's i think he's only in it for one scene again but he's proper camping up like i remember a kind of giggle and oh dead but still fresh he's like oh, he's, he's, he's like a fairground attraction it's, <laughs> yeah up. it's it's like got grander as well <laughs> it's, got, it's got massively grand in he's the one year it's been they climb in through a window in like final destination the first one and it's kind of dark and gloomy and dingy this one's like palatial they yeah, turn yeah. up and yeah clear's clear is the one that takes them to him because she checks herself out and she's like okay i'm gonna help oh, you yeah, guys yeah. beat this and rah, rah, rah. so yeah she takes for some reason she decides they need to go and see tony who can give them some great words of wisdom and he just kind of mumbles again <laughs> death's plan yeah, yeah new life uh death's plan mm. something something they all decide they're going to kind of team up together and try and stop it um and then there's there's kind of it could once again there's kind of a lull nora gets decapitated in the lift which is quite entertaining at the time but you know it's going to happen oh do you know what i love about the lift is the is the greatest character maybe in all this series which is the random guy that has a thing for sniffing her hair doesn't he oh, and he's yeah. carrying a, a crate of prosthetic of... limbs yes for no apparent reason yeah that's who not explained he, who, why, why is he carrying why has he got a box of, lit, of prosthetic <laughs> like hook hands and stuff yeah well i was just moving these from one place well, why why have you got them so they could get stuck on your oh that makes sense yeah, yeah. Which is the greatest gag of like, that's my favorite lift scene, apart from this. I don't know if you've seen it, Sarah, but there's a slasher film called Pieces where a very large guy played by, I think it's Paul L. Smith, the actor that's Bluto in the Popeye movie, uh, manages to hide a chainsaw behind his back while he's sharing a lift with some girl, which mm -hmm. is the 
because he's the size of a horse and he's carrying a massive chainsaw, which is quite <laughs> an impressive feat. But that that guy who's sniffing the hair, uh, who for some reason has some hook hands in a big box, is maybe my man of the match. Okay. <laughs> yes. Anyway, next. Yeah, she's off. Old mum of squished glass kid. She's gone. Yeah, she's gone. Shame. Too soon. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was probably probably just as about as spectacular as getting squashed by a giant plate oh, glass thing. So you know, absolutely. At least they go out with a bang. Um, then it kind of goes a bit strange. Eugene was the guy who was on the motorbike. He decides he's going to try and shoot himself uh, yeah. and just get it over and done with. But Death has as a plan and doesn't let him. They all then go after. Oh, they, they, I think Tony Todd. How I remember now. He says something about how. Um, new life replaces the ones taken or something something mm. to do with having That's children and yeah, yeah there was a pregnant lady that they'd saved as well so they have to go try find her because kim has a vision about her drowning in a lake or she thinks it's her that's drowning in a lake so they go and try and find her so they're all in one car together trying to find this <laughs> woman who is going into labor at the time um She's been arrested because they want to try and keep her safe. Um, but she goes into labour, so she gets the cop to try and take her to hospital. They end up, the Kim and the guys in the car end up running her almost off the road, but crashing themselves. Um, so pregnant lady and cop like, make it to the hospital and stuff. You kind of forget about them for a while. As you then come back to the car crash that they've just had, Eugene gets taken away in an ambulance. And then as they're trying to cut, there's a kind of like moody sassy lady who likes to smoke a lot she's trapped in the car um and they're trying to cut her out of the car so she sat there with her cigarette on the go she has a go at the guy for being too loud so he says oh i'll just put it on silent <laughs> thinking he's being funny oh yeah six the cutter in the car which then sets the airbag off which pushes her head into a spike that's through the back Fantastic. of the um headrest which is brilliant I so she yeah. she is then like wasted gone her cigarette is still lit which then falls from her hand into a gutter and like lights some fuel which we had already previously seen making its way towards the car or from the car from one of the other cars um and um it then sets the scene for rory's death um who because of the explosion he tells a kid to duck and in the ducking process Rory stays up and gets cut to shreds by a fence, mm. which is brilliant. That's a great moment. He's a great character, actually. Yeah. Um, and I like I like his. And he, you do feel for he's very funny, but he also makes a point of um, asking. So I've forgotten who he asked, but he asked someone to get rid of all of his porn and drugs yes. just so his mum doesn't get upset. Which and yeah. he's great. Uh, again, like Sean William Scott in the first one, I think. Actually, he's, yeah, he's the Sean stuck William around, Scott of that episode. Yeah, I wouldn't mind have been sticking around a bit longer. Um, yeah, He's but yeah, that's fabulous. kind of that's kind of it for like the kind of shock kills because <laughs> it, it then kind of turns into kind of like it does in the first one. Really, you kind of get like the kind of heroic type thing going on. So they want to get to the hospital and save uh, the baby. Yeah. That's um, right. that kind of stuff, which 
kind of turns out to be a bit of a dead end because they think they've cheated death. And then once again, at the end, there's a whole scene of Eugene being in the hospital bed. It kind of gets a bit silly. Like the supernatural thing gets a bit silly because obviously before people are about to meet their grisly end, there's usually some kind of like shadowy thing, as you said previously, or winds that blows through. But in the hospital room, I suppose it could be seen to be a wind but literally like the heart monitor and stuff is just literally just rolling away of its own accord it's a bit <laughs> silly and the whole the whole hospital room just kind of explodes but not only does it take eugene it takes clear with it as well so she's gone which is good actually really yeah isn't it? i mean she's she's outlived her usefulness in this franchise um yeah yeah that's yeah i mean i think there is a sense with these two with these first two maybe they weren't quite sure how to wrap it up um in terms of the the big finale as may be proven by the fact that they originally intended a whole different ending for the first one which nobody mm. like although this one does have an absolutely thigh slapping hilarious in the cinema whooping with joy finale the very last scene is is obviously a joke i mean it's, it's you better go check that barbecue jeff or whatever his name is, which is hilarious um and i think the best ending of all the series is they decide to have a barbecue is it six months later or 12 months something like that yeah because everything's okay and it even looks you know for the first time the movie has real color oh everything's very yeah they are gonna be all right and then suddenly i don't know someone says something and then this uh, the the kid at the barbecue explodes and his severed arm lands in the right on the lap or in front of his um screaming mum which is (laughs) which is a hilarious kind of slapstick uh, it is it is good yeah um but, yeah yeah but uh, kim the main girl and the cop guy am i right in thinking they make it out i don't think they die oh they're still alive yes yeah, oh, yeah they didn't die did they because the thingies died in the explosion yeah they're still about yeah they're okay so yeah they're still about but they never ever surface ever again i like that no one cared admit- enough to mention no no <laughs> well <laughs> Final Destination 2 does have that hilarious sequence, which was obviously possibly written in, you know, a late night uh, where they're like, oh, shit, let's tie this to the, where they, they're all sat in a van or a car or something. They were going, oh, wait. Oh, my God. That was the night I, you know, picked up the body of dead guy from the first one, Billy Hitchcock. <gasps> Flight 1X. Oh, we're yeah, all connected. yeah. 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 It has like, that's kind of clever. Yeah, which is cool. But otherwise, I mean, this movie, I find it too. Uh, this is the one I've watched the most, actually, because I always associate it with it being the most entertaining and most kind of wacky, maybe, of the five. But it's pretty good, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, I think I'm the same. I've, I've, I've probably the one that I've watched the most. Yeah, because you look forward to... I mean, there is... Uh, these movies are all about an hour and a half, but there is inevitably some kind of... Uh, pondering bits in between the deaths because feeling, I mean, there's no time for character development really because you've got to move on to the next death, but at the same time, you've got to have a bridge to the next yeah, pigeon. You've got to have something going on, yeah, in <laughs> the next pigeon. And maybe, I don't know if uh, maybe I'm wrong, but maybe Final Destination 3, Sarah, maybe that does it better than most in terms of keeping it moving, not spending too much time on dead weight, Ali Lata, that's you, and that kind of stuff. So, Number three, 
is Morgan and Wong. So James Wong is back. Glenn Morgan is back from the original. It's the only one they came back to write and or direct. So that's quite cool. Mm-hmm. Number three, Sarah. What's what's all this then? What's what's you know Final Destination three? Number three is 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 weird. It's one that I haven't. I've definitely not watched this as much as I've watched the others. In fact, I probably only right. saw this when it came out and hadn't watched it since because I was kind of like, I can't really remember what happens. But three is all about a bunch of school friends at a fun fair and a roller coaster goes wrong and kills most of their friends. So a young girl, um, kind of like known as a bit of a control freak, uh, Wendy, I think her name is, um, He's there with her boyfriend, her best friend and her boyfriend and then a bunch of like acquaintances and stuff from school. Her sister turns up there as well. They all end up on this roller coaster just before it's about to go. She has one of those premonitions. Everybody dies in like crazy, horrible ways, but also fun ways. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and and it all starts off again. Yeah. Yeah, the roller coaster was a good idea. I don't, I don't think this is the best of the disasters at the start. Maybe no, because it's a bit. There's some good ones screening. about, but yeah, yeah, people getting thrown into like walls and smashed into the ground oh, yeah. and hanging off the. That's like I'm not great with like um, fun fairs and rides and stuff no. because I'm once again like like with the plane thing that's, that's another triggering one for me where I like I can see you know that that screw looks sl- slightly loose this whole thing could shake itself apart and yes. well I'll die um, and one of the things that I'm always worried about is the the, uh, the things that come over your head oh, yeah, to Jesus hold you God. in and yeah there's a really freaky bit where it's kind of like stopped upside down mm. and the um the things that hold you in then release themselves and those people just hanging like in midair and stuff just holding on oh good god it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah that's, that's quite scary it's kind of stuff that i think this could happen oh it, yeah absolutely it's, yeah i don't go on anything that's up, that goes upside down because no. Uh, I'm <laughs> very limited. Final Destination Three. And what I'll go on. So a genius idea, I guess, of of yeah. making this plane crash. You know, things we can relate to: plane crash, yeah. motorway crash. Um, yeah, <coughs> totally me. makes sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a good setup. It does have Tony Todd is physically absent from three and four, but he is the voice of the Devil's Flight, which uh, is the is the ride with the satanic figure in front of it, and he does get to say his. Uh, or I think it says, I'll see you soon on the signage of that. Of mm-hmm. that he says something like, you can run, but you can't hide with his voice. So I guess he was just unavailable or maybe the script uh, for these two in the middle, three and four, just didn't have space for him. I'm not quite sure mm. what where it was because he's, he's a very vague anyway, obviously, but he is there to kind of service a kind of, oh, Tony Todd, tick. Yeah, kind of guide them in the right, the right direction with his cryptic wonderings. Yeah. Um, Wendy seems to come to her own conclusion here because she's got one of those like this is this is something that dates it a little bit because she's got a digital camera. Oh yes, yes, because yes. nobody's taking pictures with their phone because with they can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, phone pictures and stuff, right? So she's wandering around with her digital camera. So she's taking pictures of her friends and stuff, and she starts seeing weird things in the pictures that are relevant to how they are then or how they then die. So yes. I think that's where they kind of like maybe 
maybe they couldn't afford Tony Todd at the time or like say he wasn't available or something. So they're like, well, we'll try and kind of like get her to figure out on her own by putting these little clues in the pictures and stuff. Yeah. The picture thing is is interesting. The picture thing is very much like a holdover from the Omen series. Like in the first Omen, David Warner figures out some weird shit's going down because in his in those days, the dark room developed pictures. He mm. sees in his own thing as well, in his own picture, he sees like something across his neck, which suggests obviously correctly that he's going to get decapitated. So yeah. and I think I think the whole kind of prophecy in a photograph thing was used in some of the J horror that was coming out before like the late 90s and early 2000s i'm sure i don't know if i don't think it was the ring movies in japan but it was some some of them were using that kind of which is quite a creepy idea of a, of a photograph predicting in a sort of vagueish way your own mode of death which is although they do in this movie it's not alone but they do quite tastelessly use a picture of 9-11 as an example of you know <laughs> yes, a, a, they do. the shadow of the plane isn't it yeah on a building which, i mean <laughs> um yeah i mean yeah fair enough but it's it's you know mm. that's bad taste to get it's not the only one i know the omen remake which i think came out around the same time 2006 ish has a has a bit with 9 11 where it's using it as almost suggestive of the, you know the antichrist is rising this was an example of it oh right <laughs> okay well you know. um but there you go you know it's, yeah but um, yeah character wise they're very stereotypical aren't they uh, <laughs> wendy wendy um loses her boyfriend and her best friend so her and her best friend's boyfriend kind of team up together in the initial yeah. crash and stuff but then you have you've got the two airheads you've got like a creepy oh, guy yeah. that kind of hangs around with people you've got like a meathead who's like into like his weightlifting stuff and then there's a goth couple oh the goths are great yes exactly the goths yeah, are cool yeah. Yeah, the gospel. Yeah. The guy um, that's doing the upskirt shots, is that Frankie Cheeks or whatever yeah, his name is? Yeah. yeah. He's he's that's in the category his... of wait for him yeah, to die. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really want him to die like kind of quick, but he gets a brilliant like acme death. Yes, that's with the, the engine that goes through yeah, his head, isn't engine it? Engine through his head, yeah. At the drive-through. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy. But the first two to go with the two oh, airheads. This is great. This is fantastic. The, yeah. They I love they go bit. to the <laughs> they go to the tanning salon before the prom or something, <laughs> don't they, to try and get themselves ready. <laughs> and the dude locks himself out of the shop, so they're like, "We'll just you don't worry, we we know what we're doing, we'll do it ourselves." They put in their headphones, they get in their sunbeds, <laughs> they turn the temperature up too much or something, and the um, aircon like explodes or something and just basically cooks them. Which is brilliant. This is a great se I really like this sequence and they play it quite well. You know, they, they are totally vacuous uh, valley <laughs> girls or whatever they're meant to be. Um, and uh, and it's full of jokes like they're, they're only at the tanning salon because they want to look good for the funerals of their friends. You know, <laughs> um, and and there's a there's like a joke i think it's jerry ramon bobblehead that's uh, part of the sequence yes and um and it's a rare bit of extended nudity for this friend you don't get yeah at a certain stage uh slasher movies like these or you know uh, teen horror movies like these uh, kind of felt awkward about nudity but this one has plenty and they're also hilariously they're so dumb that they're, they're just singing along nonchalantly nonchalantly to a roller coaster as their song yeah. in their headphones yeah not you know, notwithstanding the recent terrible deaths of their friends. Um, but it's also, as well as being hilarious, it's also 
unpleasant it's claustrophobic mm. and horrible because they do burn to death in this Ooh, yeah. very particularly horrible way and uh, and it has the great cut which again is kind of a bad taste joke which works which is from the overhead shot of their burning tan beds to the coffins you know that they yes. end up in yeah um so it's played for laughs but it's also genuinely grim which i think is is a tricky balance but i think it it pulls it off because it's it's very unpleasant to die in this way uh but we don't care about them because they're they're so dumb and and they're both called ashley yeah, which, which and they say totally a lot. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. I don't, I don't know if it's like a, like a nod to Heather's or something, but ah, yeah, probably. everyone's called Heather. But the Ashley and Ashley thing is, yeah, <laughs> they're hilarious. Yeah, you kind of know that those guys, that those ones are the first two to go. Yeah, entirely. They they are. Um, yeah, and there's and a then, few characters later on, isn't there? That you're like, well, you know. He's as cartoonish as the Acme Death, so he's going to be dead. Sure. Him. Yeah, exactly. Because not long after that, Frankie gets the engine in his head in a rather spectacular drive through sequence. With the runaway truck. That's really yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's, that's also very a clever. great gory effect. Because yeah. you think it's going to be Wendy and the guy, I've forgotten the guy's name, the other guy, Kevin. Uh, yeah. You think it's going to be them. But you know it couldn't be them because they are like later on down the line. But then, yeah, when when the um, engine flies out and goes into the car in front, and you realise it's Frankie, you're just like, oh wow, okay, cool. Yeah, that's that's an extraordinary moment. And and these movies, as well as the, by the very nature, have to have quite a lot of CGI. But there is a lot of really good practical gore effects as well. Yeah, and the CGI one's is. One's yeah, that that bit's quite good. But in other places in the film, the CGI kind of is is not great mm, yeah it's it's a little um I, I always thought number four is where it gets really distracting it's very cartoony. Yes. um but it starts kind of here there's a bit of it in two but here is you do notice it's it more very sure. noticeable yeah uh, because yeah as we've said so many times you know cgi gore doesn't usually work that well cgi blood looks very cartoony and uh it does kind of take you out a bit but the practical stuff that's there is is typically really good um we get the first gymnasium kill of the series mm -hmm. i think which is the the hilariously kind of macho um thingy that's you know oh, thinks he's above all of this and then gets his head squished between whatever the you know the <laughs> yeah the, he, he kind of draws us to the two i mean who at a gym would put two like real life full-size like samurai swords <laughs> or whatever they are samurai above sword. a wall where like people are working out and like shaking the walls and you're like samurai swords are gonna you know you know they're gonna like fall down slice into bits they still fall down they slice bits off and he thinks he's safe but yeah then then he gets like his head exploded by the weights which is pretty spectacular I it is, think it is clever great. it's funny it was it's quite drawn out a little bit yeah. too deliberate a little bit too drawn out but it had a good payoff at the end so you I can forgive so. him for that i think so and then and the, and the goths yeah the goths in a hardware store the, yes. where they always hang out and <laughs> i like the fact that they the goth guy is, is you know an expert on death statistics you know oh every day blah blah you know <laughs> all goths know death stats um and they're also um there's pigeons as well they, i was gonna say pigeons. there's pigeons the pigeons are back because <laughs> they never went away um and the genius idea, of course, uh, this kind of store where there's multiple perils. But I genuinely think that, which is a shame because I quite like these characters and she's great. 
But I genuinely mm. think the the bit where she ends up falling on a nail gun is really nasty. Oh yeah, I like yeah. that. I think that's as nasty as maybe this one gets. Yeah, you feel every single nail as it goes through. Through her face. You, 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 you just you just jump in at every time you hear the nail gun go off. You're like, oh. ow, ow, ow. Yeah. yeah, nasty. And maybe that's the you know the balance of these things is the more obviously there's the CGI more cgi kind of acme deaths of something mm. very large falling on someone's head but then there's the obviously in this case very simple probably practical effect which looks really good and makes you go oh yeah that's quite nasty um i think that works quite well but yeah that bit i think is is kind of outstanding because yeah. it is vicious uh in how it's executed and it's not as drawn out so it's quite abrupt as well um yeah and from so, here, yeah, um, yeah Ian kind of gets skipped, doesn't he? So the goth guy gets skipped somehow because uh, it yes. missed him, and Erin got got before she was the she was supposed to go after him. So he was skipped, and then she died. So he's now still wandering around the place. Yeah, but he's but he's pissed. He's really angry at Wendy because apparently it's her fault that Erin died. Oh, so yes. he's really angry and he's after her. And that's when it all starts to go like really crazy because you know what they do, Stephen? They have to bring they have to bring a horse into it. Oh. Who bring who the hell brings a horse to a firework display? Honestly, oh, I was I was it's so angry. Yeah. I was like, I hope that horse fucking kills everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> if you like to bring it off. Yeah. So yes, they do decide to go to some, I don't know, centennial like mm. fireworks display or something like that so you know obviously like somewhere where fireworks are going off is it's going to have like some spectacular <laughs> death yes. to it but not quite in the way that you think but yes some idiot decides they're going to bring a horse and do all the oldie worldy <laughs> riding through the police streets and then we'll let these fireworks off right next to the poor horse who yes. goes absolutely nuts and Dude like bolts. Yeah, that would never happen. <laughs> bolts yeah. through the crowd with like reins and ropes dragging along. Um, it picks people up with it and like drags them along. It gets Wendy's sister and starts dragging her and just about before she's about to get impaled by a, like, I don't know, some kind of like farm equipment in her face or something. Oh, they yeah, manage to save right. her and then the horse freaks out again because it's still there. People are not paying any attention to the poor horse that's like having an absolute heart attack and um, knocks a flag and impales one of the other girls. That's right. And he, uh, Gothy McGrath gets, uh, he gets like, uh, he gets splatted by a cherry picker or something, doesn't he? That's it. Yeah. That's quite a good death. It's all good. There's quite an impressive sequence because, um, I'm guessing there's a few elements at work there. It's quite good that whole bit with the horse in terms of it being quite convincing. From yeah, it just makes me so angry. <laughs> the poor horse. No one's well, thinking about the horse. They're ridiculous characters. Aren't they are. Oh, they're just yeah. I mean, honestly, mental, Sarah. Mental. Um, but yes, they think that like everything's kind of because they've saved. Wendy's sister and Ian has now been smashed by a cherry picker. They kind of think like everything kind of goes a bit quiet. They don't. They don't think they've beaten death. They just think it's all over, don't they? Um, yes. So it then skips forward five months, um, and 
she's on a subway train. Wendy's on a subway train, um, waiting to go somewhere with her new flatmates or something. And her sister like suddenly just turns up. She's like, Oh yeah, I'm here to do this, that and the other. And she's like, Oh wow. What are you doing here? And she starts feeling a little bit uncomfortable and like seeing flashes. Then all of a sudden, for some reason, Kevin's there as well. He's on the train to somewhere else. And then it all goes a little bit crazy. And there's like another, this is kind of two for one, this is, because you get like the spectacular roller coaster yes. thing at the beginning, and then you get like a crazy mental subway train crash at the end. Which is quite well done, isn't it, as well? I it's think very well done. That's quite they, disturbing. It's the only one that wipes everyone out as well, because all, all three of yeah. them are killed, yeah. Yeah, because they're all accident. They're somehow all there. Well, I guess Death's plan again, isn't it? Oh, it's you. Yeah. Oh, it's my sister. Oh shit. Yeah, and the signs on the train are all referencing other things. Like I think there's an ad for the tanning salon. And yes. Like that. Yeah, everything. Um, She's getting really freaked out. And it's on Booth Street, which is presumably John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of um, Lincoln, uh, Abraham Lincoln, who I think was mentioned in the movie earlier. Yes. So yeah, there's a lot of. And Tony Todd. Oh, he's the he's the. The, the announcer guy on the uh, of course panel. he is um so that's quite cool yeah i remember in the cinema again don't remember this one as much but i remember mm. being quite impressed by how how grim the ending is because it really is because it's everybody mm. there's no sense of we're going to have carry over into the next movie or anything yeah um, or we we can't think about how we're going to write these people back into the movie like they've completely forgotten about the two that survived in like the <laughs> second one so like we're just we're just going to kill everyone we're just going to do it and kill everyone and it worked yeah and i suppose that's the because typically i mean even the friday the 13th movies obviously have a final girl every time whether they turn mm. up in the next one or not and some of them do um it's quite uh, although this was the period where horror was quite cynical and there was a lot of the the nastier movies were out in kind of the early 2000s which typically had bad endings or you know um, like the Texas Chainsaw remakes, uh, the sequel of that. I remember the final girl gets killed in Texas Chainsaw at the beginning and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I suppose it was the mood. Um, but yeah, quite I quite like. I mean, the the heroes and heroines of these films are not the most exciting people because their job is to kind of slowly walk between crime scenes, basically, or in this case, death sure. scenes. Yeah. And, and be a bit somber because their their friends are all dead and or they've envisioned their friends dying. But Mary Elizabeth Winstead is is probably one of the most kind of uh, charismatic, if that's even if it even goes far as that. Because she's quite. I mean, she's a good actress. She was around a lot of stuff at this time. She's in Death Proof and things like this. Yeah. And I always thought she had more going on than perhaps um, uh, uh, Barbara smith or whoever the heroine of the second one was yeah um so yeah i that had a bit more impact this movie also carries over the trend for naming characters after uh horror directors so there is polanski and romero and uh dreyer and robert wise and things like that going on so that's kind of a nice oh oh and sarah this one also has creepy use of the classic-ish 60s song turn around look at me i'm not sure if that's the full title or proper title but that recurs in turn around look at me which is that's it i think a real strength of those guys that like i said they did in the x-files quite a lot of using a kind of innocent sounding 60s song Mm -hmm. or we've had john denver uh in a decidedly creepy fashion 
but yeah Final Vision 3 I think it's a goodie I think there's it's busy it's you know the deaths are quite memorable I think in number three um yeah I'd say after two which was a high benchmark I'd say three is pretty good yeah yeah um it's one I feel like I've kind of neglected yeah, strangely honestly, as well, yeah. Like, yeah, when I started watching it earlier, like last week or whatever, I was like, honestly, I really can't remember this one. I was like, I have seen it. I know I've seen them all, but I was like, I can't remember. Yeah, I couldn't. What? I didn't remember the fireworks. <laughs> the whole, yeah, no saying. The whole bit with the horse. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, did they just Why shoot Why didn't I remember this? <laughs> yeah. Um, five, I'm like that with five, which we'll come to, but I, I'd forgotten yeah. a couple of deaths in five because I've, I guess I rewatched one and two a lot because I had in the early days of DVD, I had those on DVD. So I was watching them, you know. Yeah. Because there was less choice then. Let's face it, we didn't have mm-hmm. Netflix and things like that. So no. you got your it's DVDs. Like, oh, let's watch Final Destination again. This is brilliant. Let's watch that log go through that guy again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how we talked to them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there was no proper internet. The internet did stuff, but it wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, yeah. No podcast. God, it must have been a grim time. How do we survive? I don't know. Uh, no Facebook. Yeah. No. Even YouTube wasn't there, right? Jesus, man. We actually had more time. We didn't just get distracted by rubbish that we filled up <laughs> our time. More time to watch the same film over and over again. <laughs> Rather than spending four hours scrolling through. Well, that's two hours. That's too long. Uh, that's too boring. <laughs> that's too serious. That's too depressing. Find Destination 2. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Yes, right, we're back. So, the well, the next one, number four, was in 3D. Now, if any horror series kind of lent itself to 3D, it's obviously <laughs> by destination. And the next two were in 3D, if you were there in the cinema. Um, this one is actually called, number four is called The Final Destination. And the distinction yes. is important because the trailers as well were all about the old-fashioned you know roll up roll up this year death saved the best for last that was the tagline because this was the last one oh, yes. um wait a minute we've been here before friday the 13th final <laughs> chapter yeah um so we know freddie's dead the final nightmare etc so we know that's probably unlikely but you know it's good marketing david ellis who directed final decision two is also back for this one. So it's just like James Wan came back for one and three. David Ellis did one, uh, two and four, which is quite cool. There's some continuity. Yeah. He's a big stunt guy. Although this one, interestingly, although it has a kind of massive stunt-based stroke, CGI-based um, opening stretch, mm. this one is the most CGI of all of them. And I it think is. for that reason, and maybe for other reasons, this is, I would say my least favorite. Oh, but sure. I, I don't know why, but I really, I do really like this one. <laughs> I well, know it's the CGI very quickly. It's it's busy. I'd say. Yes, I think this is. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. No, well, that's cool, and I kind of get why. I, I kind of get why. It has um, some really cool. When we come to like our top five and stuff you'll find quite a few from <laughs> my whole list isn't made up from four but there's definitely <laughs> at least two from four in my list that is cool that is cool i mean it is it is the one where 
even more than the others and quite rightly i get it because it's all about the day and this is in and out in 80 minutes as well it's very short yeah um which is a good thing at a time where black panther sequel is three hours long i think it's a good thing that um yes exactly and jurassic world whatever it was called with fucking mm -hmm. bullshit um uh was was endless i think it's a good thing that this was half the length of you know the bollocks blockbusters that come out now however um yeah but this is the one as well i think where they totally get that we don't give a shit about you know flouncy mcgag and Derek mcgraw who are the leading teenager boy and girl mm -hmm. that are just there to walk from there to there have no personality because because it, it's all about don't, getting to the next yeah. step exactly it's all about getting to the next death yeah you're right i don't even know who they are i don't know i don't no. know the characters name. but then i don't think that's important because we're there for that and especially as it's in 3d and the 3d um and i and i have to admit even though i've said this is my least favorite possibly due to the maybe the rewatch um the 3d in cinemas was really super good and i think probably it's fair to say the cgi gore works better when it's 3d rather yes. than yeah on tv so that's yeah. very much in its defense because the 3d stuff unlike loads of other stuff that was coming out at the time where 3d was just kind of sitting there not doing much this was very much about throwing engines to people's heads yeah uh, putting people yeah slicing canisters. people up through fences and it really worked in 3d and the next one just one number five was super good in 3d so i think that's probably the most important thing to say is that these things were designed as a cinema experience and yeah maybe lose something in these last two however you know the opening stretch is big oh, colorful balls still the huge wall, fun yeah in your face here's what you wanted you've queued up for your speedway that was a genius yeah idea. it was a genius idea because once again <laughs> it could happen maybe not exactly how <laughs> as dramatically and crazily as it actually did end up happening in that but you know people crash well i'm quite interested yeah i remember growing up like watching i didn't i wasn't you know not a big watcher of sports but you're always aware that there were big sporting events and some of those involved this kind of thing with and sometimes on the news or while you're watching it live there would be a crash and you're like shit mm -hmm. you know is someone dead on live TV? yeah um and this plays on that and i think they even mentioned you know the token attempt at protection which is the fence in front of the yes the the front rows of the um of the auditorium um stuff continuity as usual mckinley's i think is a carryover from yeah. is that three mckinley's high school yeah yeah town yeah it is uh the invisible presence of death kind of being a and thing. they're in stand 180 as well so it's kind of reference to two <laughs> yes exactly reference to the first one and to the third one Yes, some amusing shop names like Death by Caffeine. Yeah. You know, Salon Perfect. Dante. You know. Yes. Um, which is all part of the thing. And it moves really fast. I mean, the you are in and out, the even the title sequence is like kind of x-rays of the death scenes from the first yeah. uh, three movies, which is quite a nice touch because they thought this was the last one, so that's quite cool. But the the crash, you know, it's it's big on Looney Tunes uh yeah. stuff, isn't it? Um squishings. Um, a quite impressive yeah. stampede of panicking people. Yeah, it's not just the car crash. It's like kind of like I don't know. It makes you think of like Hillsborough disaster and stuff because the stadium around them just starts falling apart and stuff yes. as well. Yes, yeah, which which was again a big thing in in our youth of you know watching that real life shit going down. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's there's loads of debris and things flying through the air and and stuff like that, which in three D again was was really awesome. Um, plus, I think um, the what is now the traditional kind of really obnoxious but amusingly obnoxious guy that this I've forgotten what his name is, but he's the guy with the lucky coin. The um, uh, oh hunt. That's yes, indeed he is. Oh, Hunt, yes. Yeah. Um, Him. Yeah, he's a prick. He's amusing, though, isn't he? Because he's, yeah. oh, man, we just lost a really hot milf or whatever it is. Um, yeah, he's he's quite amusingly horrible. And you're waiting for him to die, just like you are with Frankie Cheats and then the guy yeah. in the fifth one that's coming up, you know, the, the comedy, uh, obnoxious uh, character. Creepy guy, yeah. Which I suppose yeah, is a slasher out. movie tradition, isn't it, of having a real, a real twat? Yeah, yeah. There's like the well, the same with like slashes and stuff. You get your redneck. You've got your yes. kind of kind of token black guy. Not that I like to say it, but yeah. Oh, the security guard. This single mum. Yeah, the security guard. You got the single mum and their kids. Again, they've yes. gone back from. So it kind of went. The first final de- destination was a bunch of friends. The second one was a bunch of strangers. The third one was a bunch of friends. So we've now gone back to a couple of friends and oh, yeah. random kind of strangers again. Yes, who happened to be at the same event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, which is quite cool. And, yeah, I like the broad tie. I mean, I think it's amusing that they – I guess it's – I don't know if it's sincere, but they tried to do a thing with um, – like you said, token black guy. If he's got a whole backstory about his dead, yeah, uh, wife family, and family, yeah, family. due to his drinking problem and that kind of stuff. <laughs> but amusingly, no one gives a shit really because no. it's just functional. You know, well, we've got to give him something to say or do. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not there going. Oh, it's terrible that you know. Oh, I hope he's going to be all right. Um, and he's played by a really good actor who's who's um he's uh what's his name in Forrest Gump uh Bubba oh, thingy yeah who forms the Bubba Shrimp Company I think in Forrest Gump he's, yeah. a, he's a good genuinely good actor with a kind of cardboard role um but that's you know that's exactly kind of what we're here for the racist redneck kind of future Donald Trump supporter mm-hmm. um is amusing and that's a, that's a good death that's the first death I think post it is the first death crash, yeah yeah. I mean that's pretty good. That's the that's the um yeah he's dragged through with the he's set on fire, isn't he? And he's um... yeah, but it's kind of of his own doing anyway because he blames the security guard for not letting him back into the stadium to save his wife. Ah uh, yes. So and he's racist as shit. So he's picking on the black guy. So he follows him home. He gets really drunk. He follows George home and he goes to do like the old school thing of putting the burning cross on the lawn. The yes. whole KKK thing going on, um, which then completely backfires on him. Um, and yeah, he leaves his he, he he turns up in like a truck that's I don't know, like it picks up a car transporter or something. So it's got a big old hook on the back, and um, he manages to um, not put the handbrake on or something, and manages to end up getting himself hooked by his own truck and dragged down the road on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. And his head, his head flies through. His head lands somewhere, doesn't it? He oh yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, he's gone. And then the next yep. one, 
<laughs> well, the next one is in the great tradition of the dentist and the, the yeah. eye play, the optician. <laughs> well, I'm off to the salon. <laughs> I've got written on my notes here, the mum and two boys. And then literally all I've put is lawnmower, cigarette, hair salon. <laughs> <laughs> you forgot nail scraping. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And the the bit under the nails. <laughs> what the... <laughs> I mean, this is that. Oh man, it's fair enough, isn't it? But this is, you know, the same, the same thing. The real danger happens when she actually leaves the building. But yeah. until then, you've got the whole. Oh, there's the so are many. Yeah. The water's leaking. There's <laughs> there's someone outside with a lawnmower. That's uh, maybe he'll be relevant later. Yeah. And the close-ups of the nails. Uh, yeah, which and she said she actually says, "I've got my eye on you." Before the um. Yeah. The thing, the stone or whatever it is that... Um, yeah, basically, the, yeah. There, there's a dude outside mowing the lawn and as she walks out, he flicks up a stone which goes straight into her eye. So the real threat was when you left the uh, the horrifying visit to the beauty salon where yeah. everything is a threat, like, uh, like yeah. in Watchdog. Everything's a potential death trap. <laughs> um, which is actually Jean. I mean, she, and again, it happens in front of her screaming kids. Yes. It's all designed to, you know, to be very enjoyably uh, in bad taste, which I rather like. Um, the next one is the old, um, is the mechanic guy who mm -hmm. gets the uh, the big gas canister like a missile through his body, doesn't he? he yeah, which the fence. Yeah, which then slices him into chunks. Yes, and it's the it's the recurring traditional thing of um, when it happens, you get to see right through his body, don't you? Yes, yes. Just one little chunk just drops out, which is quite icky. And it's I wish cool. I knew like which movie first did that. I know Cannibal. Oh wait a minute, Cannibal Apocalypse has the guy shot through the middle where you see right through his body. Mm -hmm. That was early eighties. Death becomes her. That the comedy with uh, that was, yeah that was a lot later on does it? it yeah i don't i'm guessing cannibal apocalypse might be the one but lots of movies mm. did it like recently especially as effects became more kind of slick and impressive yeah um, always a good moment always a good moment uh we have the usual kind of thing of uh bob and uh Emily, whoever they're called, uh, yeah. kind of Googling stuff. And Running around chatting. and, yeah, trying to figure out who's next and how to stop things. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then the next one, we have the reliable recurrence of the bother of pigeons. Pigeon shit. Triggers oh, yes. the next one. <laughs> the car wash. Oh, my God. This whole time, pigeons are sneaky bastards. <laughs> and there's a, yeah, there's the car a wash thing... is scary. Yeah, because... I freaked out by car washes sarah yeah when the dryer especially when that fucker comes towards you the brushes <laughs> i can kind of deal with but that that thing there's a point where you think it's going to go up right mm. <laughs> it's about oh, it's still coming getting a bit close is this is this thing still on <laughs> um the car wash thing which is a kind of elaborate build-up but um the car wash thing i think it was a, a genius idea yeah, they kind of have two things going on at once, don't they? Parallel, yes. Both both water-related. Which is clever, actually, because that's a mm. normally the series doesn't do that, but to have the misdirection of, oh, it's actually going to be him, is it? And, and yeah, is. Like, it could, who is it going to be? Because you know that those two are probably next to go, but you're like, I can't remember which one goes first. Uh, are they yes. both going to go at the same time, you know, simultaneously, but in different 
areas. So her in the car wash and Hunt is at the pool, which has a reference to clear waters. Yes. Because, because the pool itself yeah. is called Clear Waters something or other park or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's a company now. She's oh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just quite touching. Um, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Car wash is horrifying. Actually, the obnoxious kind of jock guy getting disemboweled through the uh, pool <laughs> drain is quite an unpleasant death, isn't it? It's, it's an interesting <laughs> one, that. How does that work? Is that physically possible? I don't think it is, but, you know, it's fun all the same. <laughs> He's such a bastard, though, isn't he? He's such yeah, a he deserved it. Unpleasant uh, shag as well from evidence displayed in this movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I was because I was trying to work out. Well, oh, how? I mean, he sucked off in not in that way. He's oh, his guts are. Oh, is that? What, yeah, was I'm he sure like? They've, how does that suck through the anus? Like literally, just sucked out through his anus. I think that's so. how I'm imagining it. So he was basically like turned inside out. Yeah, somehow, which is pretty cool. Yeah, pool drain by a pool yeah. drain. Yeah, I mean, he's in the category of, you know, I uh, can't wait for him to go. Yeah. You um, have to wait quite a while for him to go, though, don't you? You're like, come on, just kill him. Well, yeah, and I'm still bitter because I think Sean William Scott should still be in these movies. I think he should be. Yes. You know, oh, I'm still OK. Oh. Um, you've got um, you've got the old security guard hilariously trying to kill himself in this film as well. Yes. <laughs> is that meant to be funny? <laughs> I think it is. I think the whole thing is meant. The whole thing is meant to be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He tries to kill himself, and then when you think he's safe, they do the thing again, like they did in the first Final Destination. He gets taken out surprisingly by an ambulance when they're at a hospital, and he's in the middle of saying something as well. Yeah, mid sentence, just completely wiped out. When you're I, least expecting it. That was brilliant, though. I was very clever. I liked that. That's very good, yeah. And sometimes I wonder if they're like, I wonder if they had loads of chats about this. Oh, fuck it. Let's just get an ambulance. Yeah, <laughs> just just fucking bring back the shock. Running people over and we'll use an ambulance this time. It'll be even more effective. <laughs> and then, of course, we're back in the inevitable uh, Mal stroke cinema, which is showing a 3D film, ironically. Um, the health and safety nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> fucking hell! Just like Look, let's just watch this break. video. Yeah, let's let's just look. We'll just pause it here and point out. That's what they should use them for health and safety. Can you show me on this film which points are kind of like dodgy areas here? Is it the nail guns? <laughs> is it the tools? Is it the cans of flammable liquids like next to a, like a piece of broken glass? This is Watchdog again. This is Lin Fulton. Yeah. This could be a potential death trap. <laughs> this is the same <laughs> every time. Um, screen 13, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, it's a pretty dodgy CG effect of the exploding cinema. Although if you look closely, there's some proper gore in, like, I was trying to, I didn't pull, I was meant to watch the sequence again because there's some proper gore with, like, members of the cinema audience that have got, like, nails in their face and shit like yeah. that. Um, um, but... <laughs> But yeah, they're, they're watching thingy in 3D. And ah, right. So, personal fears alert. So, mm. um, especially from like when I was first going to London, terrified of escalators, really freaked right. out by them. Holding on, holding on to that wobbly side where, especially when fuckers run up them, of oh, don't mm. run up, don't run up that side. You, you're going to kill us all. <laughs> holding on with sweaty palm every time. 
I'm never sure whether going up or down is worse. I think going up is worse because up behind is me is increasingly a massive gap, you know, a massive fall. Mm, isn't it? If, you, if, yeah. you, if you were knocked by someone. But in this case, I think this is pretty good. I think um, uh, Jeff, I mean, yeah. girlfriend. Your fears, your fears are, yeah, correct. But the gears. That, that's a fucking horrible way to go, man. It's ah, <laughs> really horrendous. painful. At Leicester Square Station or something. Oh, and the humiliation mm. as well. Oh, I've got my legs to off. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty well realised, I think. The, the escalated death uh, and the detail of, um, you know, what lies beneath her legs getting mm. chewed up in those gears. The mechanics of this series is, I think, something that's quite alarming. That we, well, let's face it, we rely on all these intricate gears and mechanics and processes to yep. kind of get us from there to there whether you're flying yeah, don't really plane, think about it yeah just or traveling up. on an escalator yeah exactly but but Stephen, it did turn out all to be <laughs> no a figment of his imagination well he had a premonition another premonition another within the premonition yeah yes is a double vision nightmare isn't it this is like the third one this is like two for the price of one like you said yeah it was a vision yeah, so he ends up running into the death trap that is the cinema construction site again and trying to stop it. And you think he's about to stop it. He does a really shit job of it, though, doesn't he? He nearly ends up killing himself <laughs> by nailing himself to the wall. <laughs> Such is luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but he does manage to eventually like get the sprinklers to start, which puts out the fire so the cinema doesn't blow up. Yes. Um, and they get everybody out safely. So the escalator doesn't eat his girlfriend or anything. Everyone gets out and you think everything is all good and they've beaten everything. And once again, everything's <laughs> serene and calm. So two weeks later, they are sitting in Death by Caffeine, which no. is their favourite coffee shop. And then as they're talking about how they've managed to cheat death, a lorry takes all three of them out by smashing through the window of the shop. <laughs> Hooray! Which is actually quite amusing, isn't it? It's um, good, isn't it? I love it. I like the idea of a coffee franchise actually called that. Did it ever Yeah, happen? that's brilliant. If I'm ever to... I would go yeah. there. I mean... <laughs> um... If I was ever to start up a... Ca if, I, if I was to have a coffee shop of my own, that is what I'd call it. <laughs> I know, and I think, I mean, I've possibly been too hard on this one, but this is probably the one that has the least titting about in between kills. Like yeah, that. it really that's does. why you like it so much. Yeah, I think that's why I like it so much. You I kind of that. think there's a little bit of a lull when it comes to the car wash in the pool and stuff. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool, but one of them makes it out. So you kind of think, oh, they're kind of like trying to like fluff around and do the hero thing. And then they have that whole bit at the cinema as well, which is like a mini film within a film. Yeah. It goes on for quite a long time and it's like so action packed and so full on. And then they just like that right end truck through shop. Yeah. It's it's fun. I, I, I really like it. It has it has its um, downsides. Like you say, the CGI and stuff is is a bit dodge, but... If you're watching it in 3D, it's probably more effective. And yeah, I, I just think it's it's a lot of fun. I think I, for some reason that's that's obviously the one that I'll catch on like late night TV, like j normal TV or something. I'm like, oh look, it's it's that one again. I'll catch. I like this one. I'll keep watching yeah. it. So I think I have watched this one the most. 
that's cool. You see, I've, I've watched maybe the, well, four and five, I think I've watched the least, just because somehow when they came out and everything. But yeah, I get it. That's, you know, it's it's the one that's maybe true to the kind of cartoonish spirit of it all, isn't it? It's like, this is what, yeah. you've, this is what you're yeah. waiting for. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's it's the it's kind of the lifespan of the Friday the Thirteenth movies was to do just that. You know, here we go. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, because nobody wants character development in things like this. No. It's all about pitching. Just want to kill and, everyone. Yeah. Yes. Weird, Absolutely. convoluted ways of killing people and death traps <laughs> and construction sites. Exactly. One, um, uh, some very very funny and silly, ridiculous kills. It's 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 always amusing, isn't it? The the stuff where somebody's in the foreground and you, and suddenly an engine or something propels itself right behind and takes out their head. Yeah. I mean, that's the the signature of these uh, these movies. Which is, I mean, if that actually ever happened around me in real life, I think I would be absolutely mortified. But <laughs> watching it on films and stuff is just great. It's brilliant. <laughs> Watch it all day. <laughs> And this, yeah, I mean, I was always surprised. I mean, I, I think from memory, I think four, probably because of 3D, which at the time was huge because things like My Bloody Valentine remake mm -hmm. was in 3D, which also worked really well in the cinema. Um, I think four is the biggest grossing one, at least in America, of this five strong series. And I think oh, yeah. five dropped off. And I think, I'm guessing, because five looks like it must have cost a lot because it's got two massive yeah. set pieces in it, yeah. beginning and end. And five dropped off a bit, and I'm I'm assuming that's why they they stopped it there. Although five, of course, is is ultimately full circle. Five is yes. what I thought was fantastic in the cinema was yes. not realizing it, even though there is a hint early on, at least one or yes. two or three or six hints. Um, not realizing, yes. but we were set up for a prequel <laughs> rather than a sequel with number five. Of well, yeah, you know, before the first one, stuff like this was going down as well. Um, which in retrospect explains why people were very rarely using phones. And if they did, it was a very kind of 2000 ish style phone and nobody mm. was Googling stuff to find out what death was up to. Um, so yeah, the most recent one until whenever the revival is, was final destination five, which does work as a finale for the series, even though ultimately it's not. Um, was also in 3D and you get like a rather nice, I think, title sequence, which is a kind of 3D enhanced montage of various ways to die from earlier in the series, which I quite liked. Um, and this, I mean, this I think does have, although I still think two has the best vision disaster, yeah. this is a close run for me. because I think the bridge, okay. the suspension bridge is quite well realized and possibly taps into my terror of bridges as well <laughs> um and amusingly as well complete with the actor i don't know do you pronounce it david keckner the bald guy david Kochner? he's very amusing as part of this kind of oh, paper company. yeah i know who you mean yeah the boss dennis yeah he's a he's a and i love the callousness of <laughs> this company and him especially where he, he starts uh he starts mourning the death of someone at a funeral who actually didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wasn't he dead already? <laughs> he, he underplays and he does it very well. And he actually turns up in a few horror movies, including Krampus and um, Cheap yes. Thrills. He's an excellent 
And of course, he is from the US version of The Office, which is why it works so well, I think. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, a bunch of idiots from a typical office environment. They um, are a bunch of idiots, aren't they? <laughs> I don't yeah, mind the main guy. I think. Yeah, it's a I don't. Personalities. Yeah, I don't mind the main guy, but they've kind of put in another like clear waters type female character to go alongside him, who's boring as hell. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's those two, isn't it? It's again interchangeable. Mm. And what's yes. Um. So they're on a business retreat. Um, mm -hmm. the, the hint of where this is going is you know, logging truck, number 180. Yes. Uh, the hero guy mentions going to Paris as part of his thing. Which uh, I Paris, didn't twig. Course, me either. On first watch, not a clue. Yeah, not a clue. Didn't, didn't even think about it. But cannily set up, I think. And, mm -hmm. and it was nice to be surprised when, you know, first watching this. And, um, and yeah, there's the truck with the logs again. Coach trip. And they're on a bridge which collapses with, I suppose, very typical fine destination gags like someone falling into the water, surviving, but then being taken out by a falling car. Yes. Um, a really grisly uh, kind of, uh, it's the guy that looks or sounds like Tom Cruise that's taken out by a bunch of metal poles. One goes through his face, which I think oh, is yeah. really yeah, gruesome. He, rem he reminds me of Tom Cruise as well. It's He's the eyebrows. Very, very Tom. Yeah, something. Yeah, to eyebrows. Yeah. Um, David Keckner, however you pronounce his name, is is showered in hot tar, which I think is mm. really nasty. Um, and it's the kind of um, typical for this series as well thing where it's not enough for someone to, you know, have something horrible happen to them, but they have to, in the style of Titanic, kind of fall down and hit something else on the way down. <laughs> it's a, yeah. Oh, um, and so, yeah, I mean, and then and it's, this is, I think, maybe, is it the most jokey one? I mean, you've certainly got, like, the 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 kind of typical office thing where everything's very insincere and there's the memorial where no one really gives a shit and yeah Isaac is is I would say the goofiest of all the victims in this the um the kind of pervy idiot oh yeah um who meets his fate at the acupuncture um <laughs> another trip to the so and so oh acupuncture <laughs> um yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I think this does have a bunch of great deaths, Sarah. I do, I do think the bridge collapse. Yeah, nobody, nobody like gets off lightly. Not that they ever did in any of the others, but like you say, you described quite a few of the gruesome deaths that happened to them in the guy's vision on the bridge. But actually, oh. what happens to them afterwards is possibly with some of them like slightly worse, or mostly oh. even worse. The first, the first one. Oh, Man. the first one is Brilliant. just oh. Another like really cleverly, quite drawn out but really well set up. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's a kill because she dies, but she basically ends up kind of killing herself. She goes to a gymnastics competition or something yeah. like that. She's been doing it for years. Um, something goes horribly wrong once again. There's like you know, dodgy wiring to like some fans that are laid out on the floor, and um, the air conditioning is dripping like onto the like mats right next to where this like live cable is sitting. You're like, I know someone's gonna bloody <laughs> get themselves electrocuted. Oh, the screw, the screw on the for a long whatever time, it is, like the, on the support the, beam, yeah, yeah, whatever it is. You're like, oh my god, how can I was like, is no one seeing that? Surely you'd be looking where you're going, but yeah, He's there's this little well. screw like, yeah. pointed up whilst this girl is like dancing around on this support beam, and you're like, she's gonna stand on it, she's gonna stand on it. Oh. It's, it's gonna brilliant. be horrible. 
None of that actually ever happens. But when she then she then goes to like the bars and it's kind of all rickety. You can see the screw working itself loose. You're like, oh, she's going to like snap her legs in a really horrible way. And then I think somebody else trips over the wire or something whilst they're like, there's, yep. there's like a tub of chalk or something that they're dusting their hands off with, which then knocks that over into the fan just as she's about to do her dismount and she <laughs> kind of snaps herself in half. Like, and there is bones poking out in all sorts of directions, isn't there? And they kind That's of like focus in on her quite a lot for quite a long time. You're just looking at her going, <laughs> Yeah, Ow. that's horrendous. Yeah. And the clever thing, because we all know what it's like to stand on a nail or something, oh, which, like yeah. you said, proves to be totally irrelevant, but is a there's great a of, misdirection. There's a lot of triggery, ouchy, pointy things lying around in this one. Massively. I think that's why we feel like things are probably a little bit worse in this because they're quite often, yeah, on pointy things. Yeah, poking around. Injury, yeah, yeah, entirely. Just little things that you know are going to hurt like hell, like the like the acupuncture needles. When you see yes. him, you don't see him fall on them. You see him fall off the table, and you're just like, "Ow!" That's horrendous. And yeah, the, and that's yeah, the gymnast thing is fantastic. I think that's one of the standouts. But it's yeah. genuinely gruesome. And I guess it, it all looks practical. I mean, it, I think there is yeah. there's invisible CGI in that. I think I remember seeing the behind the scenes thing, which, which stuff you don't think about involving merging like mm-hmm. a, you know, like a dummy with the real person. Sure. And that's by digital, but you don't think about that. Um, and the, the goofiness of the guy that has the acupuncture, I think, just adds to the, the discomfort of seeing mm-hmm. him getting it and then falling on it and then hilariously getting his head squished by the Buddha statue. Yes. <laughs> um, after he survived, like, the whole place going up in flames. And, uh, um, but, yeah, it, it's a return to to that more kind of relatable um, mm. injury or cringy stuff with eyes and... Uh, oh, the, uh, the, the laser eye thing is harrowing. I knew, I knew you'd be... Type thing. Yeah, I knew you'd probably be cringe, cringy about that. Like, you're not good with like eye stuff. Um, and to be fair, I'm, I'm not great with it, but I was, yeah, I was cringing. Like even like, even the setup when he's putting that like oh. brace in her eye. So she can't blink her eye and like um, putting their head restraint on and stuff. You're just like, oh, oh this is yes. going to be painful. Which is one reason why, I've forgotten what they call those things, but like the clamp that keeps the eye. But because it's one reason why I I find the sequence in A Clockwork Orange almost unwatchable, yes. where he has to have the technique to to desensitize him. Um, but yeah, same thing here, and everything's off. You know, the the guy, mm. the optometrist or whatever you call him, he's for some reason slightly creepy, and there's loads of teddy bears in there, even though yeah. a bit like with the baby mobile, there's no reason probably to have. A place that's generally dealing with adults, you know, to yeah, have loads I mean, of kids, bears. yeah, kids don't really go in for laser eye surgery, I, I don't think, <laughs> but it's horrific, it's so unpleasant. It is. Oh, yeah, and and as ever, what we almost expect, and yet the cleverness of the film is to distract us that this is not going to happen. But the biggest threat is, you know, elsewhere, she falls out the window, lands on a car, mm, yeah, and her eyeball falls out and gets run over itself, <laughs> you know, the eyeball, it's. Um, classic it's very well played she plays it really well it's it's yeah. genius setup um 
Yeah, this is a great one for deaths, I think. Uh, Mm -hmm. Um, And Tony Todd has more screen time in this than he does in any of the others, I feel. Yes, he he has a couple of six. He he turns up to pick up the dude from the massage parlor, the acupuncture guy. Yes. I think, think, no, he sees, they see him at the um, gymnast one as well, don't they? That's right. And he's got a coroner jacket on and he's, he's... He's kind of more of a a real presence that's lurking around death scenes um, and still talks about the idea of if you kill someone, you can change the plan of death. Yes. Yeah. So in this one, yeah, he's trying to say this time instead of the whole baby thing, it's like if you kill someone else, you know, replace your death with someone else's, then you'll be all right. He tries to hint at that. Yeah. Which then gets old Tom Cruise guy thinking <laughs> that he can probably try and cheat his death by trying to kill someone else in place of him. Yeah. And Tom Cruise guy does have a kind of creepy, floppy haired American psycho kind of obnoxious thing going on. So that. Yeah. You think he's all right to start off with, but he start he does kind of t- turn him a little bit crazy. Hmm. Yeah. Which is understandable, I guess. I don't yeah. quite know how I deal with something like that. Just like the jittery guy that ends up, well, he doesn't mean to, does he? But he pushes the other guy at work into yeah. the hook. Uh, yeah. The big, the big kind of gaff. Yeah. Um, I love the fate. It's very brief because there's a couple in here that are pretty abrupt, which I think works really well because others are drawn out. But the death of the boss is really good with the flying. It's a wrench. Isn't it? Spanner. It's right through spanner. his face. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. He's the dude that gets like the like tarred and thrown off the bridge in the vision. And this, so okay, he gets probably gets a quicker death. But you know, having a spanner going literally like you can see it like implanting, embedding That's... itself within like halfway into his skull. Yeah. pretty nasty but that's, that's another really one that's another cool. one of those very quick wasn't quite expecting it didn't get hit by an ambulance put a spanner in the face kills yeah which works really well and it's another great practical effect actually it's mm. um, the aftermath at least is is a great gore effect um yeah and that's that's pretty I mean, that's pretty much the main death and you get you get like the that fbi guy it. wandering yeah through. who's like you say he's the weird little filler thinking I can't remember how he came along. Oh, yeah, because he thought the original guy blew up the bridge. The same oh, kind of yeah. premise as the FBI guys in the first Final Destination, thinking Alex was the one responsible for blowing up the plane. This FBI thinks guy thinks that the other guy in this, I can't remember his name, Nick or Sam or something like that, um, is responsible for blowing up the bridge, which he's not. So, But he is, like, following them around. And the, the boss, Dennis, guy... It's kind of like egging him on a bit. He's like, he'll phone him up randomly and go, oh, so so-and-so is acting a bit weird. <laughs> Which kind of like gets him like sniffing around the place. But he kind of then cottons on. He notices that Tom Cruise guy is going a bit weird. So he starts following him. And then then it, once again, it kind of goes a little bit airy-fairy, a little bit hero-y. Tom Cruise guy goes slightly on a rampage and tries to kill Molly, which is the kind of dull female character who actually never actually dies in it in the first place. Sam saves her in his vision as well, so she never dies. So he thinks if he kills her, he'll be all right. I don't know how that works, but he's gone a little bit mental. (laughs) He ends up kind of like 
attacking both of them. He kills the FBI guy in the process, but yeah. Sam manages to, I don't know, he skewers him with like a rotary chicken skewer or something. Because he has like two jobs. Obviously, he works at this office, and then I think by night he's something like a chef or something. And that's when the Paris thing starts to happen. He's like, oh, I should take this apprenticeship in Paris. And you're thinking, you're mentioning Paris an awful lot here. <laughs> What's Paris got to do with anything? It's like, oh, let's vaguely remember something about Paris. Um, so, yeah, he then decides that he's going to take this apprenticeship. And, yeah, Pete goes mental. They kill him with a rotary skewer and then him and his girlfriend two weeks later get on a plane to go to paris and what yeah. plane is that which is it isn't it which is the 180s the which is genius which i didn't twig right up until they kind of like then put in the footage from the original of alex going nuts <laughs> saying he has to get off the plane i was like what the fuck <laughs> i was like that's why there's no random references because in some of the other movies they're like oh yeah the same Loads. thing happened like a year ago oh i've heard something about something that happened like two years ago on this day like yeah, 180 yeah. yeah except that one and they're all Googling. until right at the end and in, in, I think yeah. it's four or three, they're Googling the previous events. Yeah. yeah. And it's clever, though, because you're distracted by the, the need for bloodlust of the deaths and things like that, so you don't think about it. No. It's, and it's, also, like, there's no new tech, is there? There's no, like, there's, no. Not much, there's no computer scenes. There's nothing that would date no. it as being out of sync. So it's um, kind of gone like full circle. So obviously maybe maybe it started with Sam and then moved on to Alex because obviously yeah. he had his premonitions and stuff weeks ago. Yeah. So yeah, that then wipes them two out as well. So it's kind of gone full circle, which is a great way to end it. But even though they kind of tried to end it with four and they've done a prequel with five, there is still room for more on I think we should Always. have another one. I think we should have loads more. I think after six, they should do another one. <laughs> yeah, I think and so be as well. Because really cool to find out what scenario they're going to use next. I think that's it, isn't it? That's the pleasure of it. Like uh, it was always exciting when the new one was announced because you're like, oh, yeah, yeah you like, find oh, out it's Speedway time? or it's the roller yeah. coaster. Um, yeah, I think it will do enormously well, whatever it is, the number six, because it's. It's an easy franchise to absolutely. To kind of sell. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't come back sooner. Me too, because these things are always out there. They're on Netflix or something, and I think and people, everyone's you know, yeah, everyone's always going on. Oh, do we really need another Friday the Thirteenth? Do we really need another Halloween? Oh, look, there's another Halloween remake. It's like these have been sitting here. You know, the last one was 2011. They've been sitting here for like 10 years, 11 years. And no one's gone, oh, let's make another Final Destination. No one's going to complain Mental. about that. <laughs> no one. No, exactly. Because it's it's just right to itself. I mean, they just have to come up with some really cool deaths. And, yeah. Yeah. I think it will be enormous. With health fun. and safety the way it is these days, <laughs> you know, they could do so much with it. A potential death trap. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, they are fantastic films, all five of them. None of them are dull. They're, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's it. It's a rare series where you don't mind re-watching any of them, really. Absolutely not. And you don't um, really have to watch them in any particular order either, do you? Nah, not really. Like I say, I don't think I've watched... I've seen three and five the least, I think. I think I've probably seen four 
more than anything than two than the original. Yeah, I watched I watched one and two a lot just mm. because of where when they came out and back the in the day. Thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the reason. But then they're really rewatchable. So um, much. and it's uh, and of course one was great. I mean, one only suffers because much more outrageous stuff happened later. That's the thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Um, I suppose it's a bit like slasher movies, like Friday the Thirteenth. More exciting, gory stuff happened later than the original. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it kind of goes because they have to outdo each other. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. But yeah, we've, we've been talking about doing a Final Destination like episode for like months and months, haven't we? We kept putting it back because we're like, oh, five films is quite a lot to watch. But I could tell you, I could sit and watch them all again. Yeah. Like exactly. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I will. It's the weekend. They're a breeze. They're totally. But yay. Breeze. So, what would be your top five kills, Stephen? Well, it was tricky, actually. It was much trickier than I thought it would be. Um, I've, I've chosen five that are entirely the kills um, that happen after the vision, so the survival right. kills. Although, from the other side of things, it would be obvious to me that the log going through the car in Final Destination 2 in the vision is is the standout one, because that's mm -hmm. just astonishing. Although I also think the, the whole thing with the guy that gets the poles in his face and is kind of shish kebabbed in five is really impressive as well yeah. um survivor kills though definitely we talked about it quite a lot but definitely the very first one in the very first film the mm -hmm. horrifying bathtub death mm -hmm. is probably the one that's just really disturbing um and also you can see it happening uh, yeah. for real because there's no real ch well there is a chain of events but it's basically based around the idea of someone slipping over in the bathtub, which we know yeah. we've all done. Yeah. Um, for sheer kind of, as we said before, Rube Goldberg kind of mousetrap shit, the lottery winner in Final Destination 2 <laughs> has to be in there. Um, for shit your pants, I can't actually watch this almost the laser eye thing from 5. Uh -huh. The gymnast from 5 is outstanding that's horrific mm -hmm. so that's in my, my four and the other one it was really tricky actually but uh and i almost did the nail gun thing because i think it's horrifying but i went for the tanning salon because i think that's ah. the perfect balance of funny because they're so dumb but also really disturbing because i feel really claustrophobic watching it and they're burning <laughs> alive um as much as we hate them i wouldn't mm -hmm. want them to go through that no um, but then I almost chose the dentist, but yeah, there's a lot. But yeah, I think that's my five because they're all genius. Cool. Yeah. About yourself? Okay. So um, I couldn't decide on an exact five. So I've gone, I've cheated and gone for two. Cheat. So my two number fives are um, <laughs> Sam and Molly on flight 180, right at the end of five. Oh, that's just genius. Brilliant. Just them, just like the realization in my mind, of them going, oh, my God, they're on the same plane as them. Smash. Yes. Yeah, that's that's my five. Um, um, in close relation to that, I've got the three remaining characters in four getting killed by the lorry in Death by Caffeine. Uh, just, yep, yep. just because it's funny, it's brilliant, and it's clever. Yeah. So that was my joint number five. Um, my number four was the laser eye surgery in five. Uh. 
my number three was the um, smoking lady in the car that then um, leads to the um, fence ripping Rory to shreds in two. She's actually a really good, I quite like her character. She's, she's a good kind of character. feisty and sarcastic, yeah. Two is one of my all-time favourites, and I like specifically haven't said it because I wanted to bring it up now. But in four, at the beginning, in the vision, so you have the mechanic and his wife. The mechanic's wife's head gets smashed with a wheel oh, in the yes. vision. And then when the crash actually happens and she's saved and they're brought outside of the building, a wheel flies out of the stadium and <laughs> smashes her in the head again. So it's like getting smashed in the head <laughs> twice. What are the chances? Absolutely. I thought that was absolute genius and that's brilliant. I was like, gag. that's that's one of my favourite things. Yeah, that is a great gag. And I'm like, the poor woman that was the actress in that literally had to have her head smashed in by a wheel twice. <laughs> Just absolutely brilliant. And yeah, my number one is the whole road traffic accident at the beginning of mm. Final Destination 2. Everyone knows that. Ev- like Everyone um, knows that. Yeah. You don't think because it is just brilliant, over, but everyone knows the logs, and and we've been behind that truck on the A forty seven or wherever. Yeah, many times, and it's brilliant. And it's, nope. Yeah, it's the ultimate combination of old fashioned stunts and gore and, and yeah. CGI stuff. Yeah, it's unmatchable that one. Ah, marvelous. Well, that's a pretty good countdown. It's hard to shoehorn those into five because there are. Oh god, yeah. There's so many others. Yeah, I literally kind of like when when watching the films and stuff. I've always been confused as to which death happens in which films. So it was a good way of going. Oh yeah, that one's that one. Then and then literally like to come up with my list. I kind of wrote down my favourite kills in every single one, and then had to like (laughs) narrow it down from there. Yeah, it was just a great excuse to watch these again in very close in a few days, wasn't it? Really, it's sure. You normally wouldn't necessarily I want to do, do it again. Yeah, they're, they're really rewatchable. And I think that's that's what will make number six, uh, you know, a big hit whenever it comes out, however it yes. comes out. Mm. I guess it's next year. I don't know anything about it, except there's a vague, I guess, poster or a fake poster. Yeah. I'm not sure anymore. Um, but yeah, nice. Well, marvellous. Mm. That was the, the Final Destination series, Sarah. Mm. Astonishingly good fun. And that is, of course, the end of this particular chapter. However, we are back for the very last one of 2022 in December, which is sadly very close now. All yeah. Christmas is back. Um, seems like last month it was Christmas, but it's back. Yeah. I think, as far as we know, we're being, being joined by at least one of the other boys that tend to come to our yard on these podcasts. Yeah. At least one of them will tell them, maybe both. Those handsome devils have got a lot on these days. But we shall see. We're going to be doing a review of the year sort of thing next time. We don't do our recently seen in the episodes anymore because we're getting too long. But we're going yeah. to be looking back at 2022's horror. And it has been actually a pretty impressive year for stuff, some real mad stuff as well this year. Um, so we're going to be looking back at our favourite horror movies of 2022, having a good chinwag about that and perhaps pulling out a few surprise choices from the bag along the way so join us for that in december but otherwise sarah that's actually it for this episode that is it. So, yep yeah. it's been fun it sure has yep we'll keep watching out for those potential home-based uh death traps yeah i'm on it now i'm tuned in yeah yeah i'm still extremely paranoid but yeah <laughs> 
also tuned in and I'm going to watch my wine glass really carefully. Yeah, don't uh, trip it over the um, computer when you're <laughs> yeah, done. That would be it, wouldn't it? Drunk a whole bottle of wine in a couple of hours, but then face exploded in a shower of glass. <laughs> what he would have wanted. Uh, yes, exactly. What a terrible way to go. But yeah, uh, that's it. So do join us. Thanks for joining us for this one. And we shall see you or possibly not see you, but you can hear us in the mm -hmm. next episode 35 in December. So it's good night for now. Take care, guys. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>